right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here, joined by DJ Pi here in the Kill House. Hello, Solly. Thrilled to be here. And you know, we wanted to mix it up a little bit uh, tonight's episode. We, uh, you know, we're gonna have a little fun on the back half of this. We're gonna make a, a composite course of the best eighteen holes, best first hole, best second hole uh, out on the PGA Tour. And what better way to do that than with a PGA Tour player on the phone calling? And he's a, actually a professional podcaster, if you will. Uh, Max Homa is joining us. Hello, Max. Hey guys, yeah, I guess it just depends the day of the week, um, you know, whether I'm a professional or, or you know, a professional golfer or podcaster, um, hardly a professional podcaster, and I'm definitely not a good uh, composite golf course maker, but, you know, we'll give it a whirl. I was going to say, the last person we should be asking is a PJ Tour player. It's going to get rid of all the centerline exactly, bunkers, it's going to, you know, exactly. it's going to be dead straight 490-yard par fours. But that's exactly why we have them on. That's exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> let's make it soft guys I, whatever course is soft that you know that's where i'm picking <laughs> well max plug your ears for this next part um i'm talking only to dj and the listeners here but yes. uh, something that always has impressed me about tour players is how their games travel i, I mean <laughs> yeah seriously they no take doubt. the show on the week road to week baby. as an underrated no thing you're not a part of this part <laughs> max all right you're not gonna want to be trust me uh they can hit all the shots on all kinds of grasses all kinds of ground covers uh, for the rest of us, there's a lot of guesswork that's involved in that, especially in the short game. To help with that, Callaway has a Mac Daddy CB wedge. It's a cavity back design built to give you enhanced forgiveness and control on longer short game shots, and of course, tons of spin around the green. So it's basically like a mashup of a Maverick iron, a Jaws MD5 wedge, and a PM grind. Uh, so you'll have the confidence of an iron with the control of a wedge. It sounds like a pretty good combo to me. A lot of players struggle to hit full wedge shots, consistent distances. So uh, with a lower loft like set 46 or 48 degrees, the Mac Daddy CB could be a great option thanks to the forgiveness. And for players who need a little help around the greens or in bunkers, the higher lofts have grooves all the way across the face with the modified W grind sole shaping. Uh, makes those shots a little easier. So get all the details on the Mac Daddy CB wedge at CallawayGolf.com. That's Mac Daddy CB wedge at CallawayGolf.com. And you know that's a good endorsement because nobody gets more tweaked out by different grass types than... Me. I know. Yeah, that's, so that's huge. Dude, watching them hit those shots today <laughs> on like the, the Bermuda and all the short grass that was around the green and stuff. Max, help me with this, okay? Or just tell me, do you agree or disagree with this? There's too much long grass around the greens on the PGA Tour. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, I, I like could not. I, I think I got the idea from you guys, but that, that I think is if I had to pick one thing I would change, that would be it. I don't know a lot about architecture like you guys do, but I do know that. Uh, the most interesting shots come from elevated greens uh, with a lot of, you know, options as far as uh, bump and run, putt, you know, hit a sick little spinner in there. Um, it does not come from hitting, you know, your 18th uh, kind of chop cut mini flop shot. I just don't find, I think it's a great shot to have, but it's not, it's not nearly as interesting, I feel like. So I got that from you, man. And and I well, think that you. around, uh, around Punta Cana, I actually think that that actually, that is something that is available. Now it is a bit softer, but um, it, it's a cool kind of aspect to the, to a, a golf course that otherwise doesn't have a whole, whole lot of spark to it. Well, how would that change things? How would how would short grass around a green change the way you would maybe handle an approach shot? 
Um, I guess, yeah, what, what does the long grass do? And I guess, do you feel a little bit of extra comfort when there's long grass around a green? Well, yeah, I mean, you could, gosh, you could go back so many different ways. Uh, I'll start with just obviously the approach shot as you, you've referenced the most, I think is that if you, you do get a jump, if you're in between a flyer and, uh, a, uh, you know, a shot that might come out dead, if the pin's not tucked on the back edge and it doesn't run back to front, like you could just say, Hey, let's take one that definitely gets there, uh, goes over the green. I know, I know we all joke about backstop or not backstop grandstanding. Um, and, and all that, uh, we don't all joke a, about yeah, it. So, sorry. Sorry. I know it's a little more serious for some than others. Uh, but I will say that, um, you know, I don't believe in that one so much as far as like how, um, how often it happens, but, uh, you could say that the rough behind greens does that quite, quite a bit. Uh, so that, that's one aspect. I think the biggest aspect, so Bermuda rough and Bermuda fairway grass is the hardest to chip off of. If anything's ever into the grain in the fairway grass, it's just a nightmare. You could look at the Charles Schwab this year. The first one we all came back to a lot of us after the quarantine, a lot of us hadn't you know, necessarily been chipping off Bermuda and we get there and it was definitely the hardest Bermuda I've ever been on in my life. And it feels like you're relearning how to chip. Uh, and then in the rough, obviously any Bermuda is difficult now. So that, that might be one kind of outlier. The next hardest thing to chip off of is kind of nothing. Like it's all this, it's all pretty easy. You know, you have your overseed out here in uh, Arizona where it feels like you're chipping off your carpet in your house, unless you have a modern house and you have tile everywhere, but it feels like you're chipping off, you know, your, your grandmother's carpet and it, it's not too hard. You know, you get the club under the ball, you spin it, uh, whether, you know, um, you, you can, you can do that with a 60, 56, you can do it with anything, but you can just grab your 60 and, and go. Our other complaint about golf courses is that they're too soft, right? Well, if it's really soft around the greens, if it's fairway grass, it's really hard to chip off of soft, tight grass. Um, we do fortunately always have tight grass. So if it's soft and, and we're, we're, you know, kind of like Boston was a good example. I know the scores or at least the winning score was insanely low, but the couple holes that did have the runoffs, uh, 12 was one of them. The, the, you know, they used to have a center line bunker there, <laughs> uh, left of that green was a low area. And we saw Cameron Davis fatted one down there. And so it was really soft and that's why the scores were low. But if you had a lot of low areas like that with fairway grass, it would be really tricky and, and, and difficult for the professional golfer. Whereas if it was rough and it's soft, it's actually kind of like a double help because yeah, the rough might be lush, but it becomes quite predictable. And then the ball lands softer too. So I just think it takes more skill to chip off of, off of fairway grass. And it takes a lot of creativity. One of my favorite people, you guys, well, I guess Tron's, Tron's not here, but Leishman is like kind of the best I've seen with like a five iron around those greens, you know, where you have to bump one up the hill. And I, I can remember a shot he hit where he did that. And it's like, I don't remember a single shot anyone's hit out of like a little ploppy rough lie, you know, um, even the chip in that uh, Rom had or the, I don't know how we would describe the quasi chip in, I guess, that he had at the memorial that got, you know, redacted later. Um, but that shot was sick. But like, I don't feel like that shot was insanely hard given how good he is, given the lie was, you know, good both times, you know, they decided both lies were also good. Um, so yeah, I just think it becomes, you, you look at more skill and you'll see a lot of different shots. And I actually think you would learn a lot about, uh, the, or the fan would learn the intricacies of these sh short game shots so much more that that's just, you know, what, what I kind of, what I kind of think. I'm feeling so justified, not only in 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 uh, all the grass that I talk about, but the, me freaking out about all the gra different grasses and different chip shots. To hear you think the same way that I kind of think about it, these guys give me so much shit for like talking way too, or caring too much about grass types. 
But I totally, I, I got it from you, man. And I, I will say, I mean, grass types I didn't get from you. I kind of did my own research. But, uh, <laughs> the, the understanding, like, you know, that that would be such a, not only more entertaining, but I do think it would be more difficult. Like any week, like I said, even if it's soft, like you will get these really awkward chip shots. Like, so that's where I think that's a, a small defense to um, these low scores we're getting. Um, if you had a lot more runoffs, a lot more low areas, um, and then a lot more fairway grass, I think that that would at least kind of separate more, you know, obviously not every week, but I think that, that would be a good, a good, easy, I feel like to me, I, again, I don't know about how, you know, these superintendents need to go about doing all that if it was a huge project, but it feels to me like it wouldn't be crazy difficult. Um, and then it becomes more playable for the, the everyday golfer. I, I grew up near a course called Lakeside and Lakeside used to have rough everywhere. It's a very cool golf course. It's old school. It's, it's short. And the, the difficulty of the golf course was that it was had super thick rough. But if I went out there, it wasn't particularly difficult compared to the, you know, let's just say 10 handicap I would be playing with. They have now gone all fairway grass everywhere. And it's a little easier for me just because they don't have runoffs, but it is super playable for everybody else. And I can't tell you how much everyone else likes it now. Like the common, the regular golfer, like the Sunday golfer, they love that place because it's not a grind. And for me, it's still fun because I can practice these little shots around the greens. Like I said, it's not super difficult, but uh, you could make it more difficult. It's an older golf course. It's shorter. Um, and they, again, they don't have a lot of, a lot of low areas, but I mean, like that just seems like a pretty easy step um and then you know obviously if you put it on tv i think it'd be a little more interesting but i mean i got it from you Sally. i, I thought that was the smartest thing because memorial i know the course or muirfield the course you kind of grew up going to that's the exact opposite it's actually hard because there's rough but it's only because every edge of every green slopes away from where you're chipping so it's like you know it's kind of the opposite it just makes it hard to be hard Solly's next question. Do you think Alex Noren is manipulating the world ranking? <laughs> <laughs> and do you think Jordan Spieth should have been on the Ryder Cup team in, well, in 2018? All right. Here we go. Well, hey, I, what I do you gonna... think about the little rough on left? <laughs> 15. 15 at the Travelers. I brought you around to my side on that one, too. So oh, well, I'm going to talk. That might be on my list of holes. But uh, I'm gonna, I, I'll am gonna. i lead with this. I never, and as, as I mentioned in our group chat, our class X group chat, I never was debating you. I was just trying to present a different opinion and you you looked at it like we were arguing (laughs) i I liked your side i liked your side man i was just trying to present like the like you know play the devil's advocate you're trying to help him grow (laughs) i want you to grow man i want your your wings to spread i'm gonna invite you to play devil's advocate right now because actually one on my list of things to talk to you about is you haven't been on in a while. It's been like a year and a half since you've been on. I know you're a listener. I know you're firing shots at us on your podcast. Competing, of course, you know, pod- competing podcast. <laughs> called Get a Randy. Grip. Get a Grip. If you, uh, I'm sure a lot of listeners of this show listen to that one. But uh, I wanted to open up the floor to be to be like, all right, what what's something that you've been dying to talk to us about? Like we're dead wrong on. Like, hey, you guys, you guys are missing the boat on this one. To be honestly, to be quite honest, no, I don't. I don't- no, 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 no. I'll, I'll get into it. Um, <laughs> you, you guys are my friends, so I can actually be an asshole. Yes. You guys bring up a lot of great points. And I think where I am flawed at times or, or narrow minded is that I'm DJ always reminds me of how you say it's an entertainment product. But when I'm out there or when we're out there, I'm seeing it as I want the best test to see who the best golfer is. And what I've really come around on and, and things I have to kind of like recognize is that's not what people are watching for maybe some but in general people are watching to be entertained right so but as a player you have to understand like we want the best 
player to win. Like that's the goal of every week. Um, I understand we want chaos. Like you want Shinnecock number whatever the seven, the par three, where the ball just is rolling forever and no one can make a par. Like I get that, but I don't think that that necessarily leads to like the best golf or the best golf shot being rewarded. So I think that's the that's kind of the the difference that we would have. You you know you guys as just you know big golf fans, and then me as somebody who is competing and 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 kind of fair to me is like the first word I, I see or I think of. Um, so I, I would say that that's where I am wrong. Now I'm going to get to the part where you guys are wrong. And it, it's not it's not super often. And sometimes I'm picking at it. If I do think that it's wrong, it'd be a little thing. But the the, the stuff that drives me nuts and the reason I, I brought it up on, on our podcast last week about the US Open was I don't like when Tron is telling me that the golf course isn't firm when I'm at the golf course and we all talk about how firm it is. Like that drives me nuts. Like it makes me so mad. Oh, this course isn't hard. It's like that it may, I mean, the first thing my caddy Joe said, who listens to your guys' podcast all the time, the first thing he said that morning was, is your, your boys at no laying up need to, uh, here, I'll play a little fun word game. Your boys at No Laying Up need to get a grip. <laughs> this is, How dare it, he lump DJ and I into that? That's true. Fair. Well, I thought that's we fair. were that's very fair. open-minded about the setup. That's fair. So, But like as I mentioned last week, it's just like... And, and, and by and, the way, you should air out Randy as well because Randy was yeah, on that yeah, side I need too. To bring he can't Randy saying it, Charmin Soft was so, <laughs> so ridiculous. So <laughs> the point was, is and Scott, you know, Joe Scarvin was tweeting at you guys saying, hey, chill, like give it a day. But we all saw the forecast. Friday was going to be really freaking hard. Like everyone knew it was. When you get a north wind there um, or anywhere really, it seems like, it's just going to be more difficult. So Thursday rolls around. They did top the rough, which I didn't really love. I didn't know why they did that but whatever they did it but the way that course is there's a ton of little bowls and they're really small and 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 if you're on the wrong side you are dead so on thursday they're putting those pins in those bowls as they as they have to but there wasn't any wind the course was fairly soft as far as a u.s open would go because of friday like if you let the course be U.S. Open impossible on Thursday, which of course we all want to see that on Thursday, you would get a Friday. I had a 1:49 tee time Friday. I think I was one of the last couple groups, and Charles Howell and I were talking about how on like our 17th, 16th hole, we're like, this is real close to being like unplayable. Now, again, listen, I'm about. To, I almost use the fair word. Like I understand that you guys don't care about fair as much as we do, but like that's where it was getting to. The greens were purple. It was windy. The my ball was wobbling on a couple holes. Like where I had to back off putts. Like you don't. There's a balance, you know. And I think that's where again, maybe not you two are wrong, but where Randy and Tron were wrong is I didn't think they saw the big picture in that. And then I didn't like that even as the week went on until Sunday, which I felt like Tron was just trying to like get back in good graces with like the other side of the aisle was, Oh, now it's firm. It's like, dude, it's been hard. Like it's look at the scores. Like I, I feel like we forget that. That's the difference win makes like that is pretty much right. You can't push a golf course. I'm not an agronomist by any means, but you can't stress a golf course knowing that the next day the weather is going to stress it even more without you being able to control that. And I think that that's what they were looking at. And they look at besides Bryson, the next best score was even. I mean, that's phenomenal. So, yeah, so I appreciated you, Sully, saying like leading off that podcast, basically like, hey, how good was that round of Matt Wolf before we start kind of 
going off on the course because it's like we it's like we are so involved uh, invested in like getting mad at the setups of golf courses rightfully so some weeks but we're so invested in it that it's become like a habit so we see a maybe an all-time great round on saturday followed by an all-time great round by bryson on sunday and all we can talk about is that it wasn't hard enough and it's like i feel like we saw two of the best rounds i've personally seen as a fan and we we forget, you know, and I think, again, it's it's kind of the narrow mind mindedness of all of us fans. You know, Matt Wolf shoots 65. We're like, holy cow, like he's just figured it out. Fairways don't matter and blah, blah, blah. And angles and all this stuff like don't matter anymore. And he goes the next day and he really, really struggled doing kind of the same tee shot stuff he had done the day before. So this stuff catches up. It's a four day process. A golf tournament is four days. You know, if it wasn't, you know, you would have crowned JT after the first day as the winner. And it's just like, that's just not how it works. And I think that we forget that that's that's also how um, you know the, the USGA had to set up that golf course, and I didn't mind them doing it on Thursday, uh, how they did, just because I knew, as, as everyone saw, what it was about to be the following three days. So was it perfect? No, but I mean, that's golf for you. It's played outside. You can't control every little every little factor of it. First of all, total vindication. We've yeah, got the Richard over. Nixon we're peace signs cut, going. We're gonna cut this. Just <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, couldn't have said it better myself, even though we did many, many, many times uh, over the over the course of that week. But a couple things where I will kind of uh, sympathize with uh, Teron and Randy is I think some of it is just a symptom of the week-to-week golf that you see oh, and, yeah. and like how boring it can be week-to-week on the PJ Tour and, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you see all these kind of like, to quote you and quoting Randy, Sharm uh, and soft setups week-to-week. And then you have someone saying finally like, oh, my God, this week it's going to be out of control. It's going to be out of control. Like I, I get why people's expectations were a little – a little too totally. high, but as we mentioned on the pod, I think a bunch of times too, like the USGA is never going to do that on purpose. <laughs> like that's like, yeah. that's only going to happen when the wind shifts midday and they just get caught with their pants down. That's the only time that happens. And I think a lot of, you know, talking heads that were talking about how hard it was going to be. But if you like listen to the USGA leading up and what they've been saying over the last couple years... Like they were doing everything in their power to avoid this chaos that apparently was promised to us. The only thing I'll say to that is, you know, when you're selling hoodies about like the toughest test in golf, it it misle like like you said on the pod, like was it still the toughest test in golf? Yes, it was. Was it carnage? Like no. Yeah. And so that's I think the disconnect. It doesn't say carnage yeah. on the shirts though. It doesn't, and that's where. But that's <laughs> what they're kind of implying. Yeah. So, anyways. I think that's the difficult balance, though, because again, like they still want the best winner to come, like the best player uh, to come out as the winner, um, which we obviously got. Bryson proved that he had played that that week the best. Um, there were some pins you could have really pushed. You know, we played a couple in the in the practice round. You know, 18 green is pretty insane. I'm not sure if they've changed it from 06, but like, there's a front left pin that's nuts. There's a back left pin that's nuts. And they end up playing all four pins kind of in that middle right bowl. And um, now, does it make it easy to make par? No, not really. But it does It does kind of take a lot of uh, your double bogey out of, out of play. Because if you can, you know, even if you miss the fairway, if you can hack it around the green, the third shot isn't hard to get within, let's just say, 20 feet. Um, so it's still a difficult hole. But they could have made it like you put that pin front left, you miss that fairway. And all of a sudden, even if you hit the fairway, you're all of a sudden thinking like, how the hell do I make par? So they could have done that. Um, and to make it, you know, carnage as, as you say. And again, as a fan, like I try to see both sides, like I would have loved to see carnage, but if you put a camera on my group, which two of the players made the cut on Friday afternoon, Rio Ishikawa made zero birdies on Friday and made the cut. Um, 
Charles Howell didn't make a birdie till the last hole, and it was an eagle on nine, which played straight downwind. And, you know, we had very short irons, and I made two birdies that whole day, and I know I didn't play well, but I'm just saying, you know, out of that group, we had two guys make the cut, and we had three holes under par for 18 holes. Rio made one birdie the day before, so it's just like you're, you're seeing carnage. It's just it's – just, not as uh, readily available, I guess, to the coverage. Um, you know, Shane had this phenomenal idea uh, on the pod last week to do a one to two minute uh, montage of bad golf shots uh, or or shots from difficult spots that don't go as you see, like the leaders, uh, you know, as the leaders seem to, to, to pull off, like show the ones that don't. Um, and I think that's actually a really good idea because I think we do forget that we did see carnage. It's just not the carnage of a ball just never, you know, didn't just didn't stop rolling. Um, I also thought that, you know, there were a couple times on the coverage where, you know, Azinger or somebody would say, that's a great shot. And then they cut away and the ball was literally still rolling. And it's like, <laughs> guys, like, let's show the people how hard this damn golf course is. I can't listen to Tron any and Randy anymore. <laughs> like, I need you to show them what's happening, you know? So that's that's my take. I mean, again, I, I would, of course, Carnage would be hilarious and fun or whatever. But I, I mean, gosh, you know, even par was the second best score. And, and it was it was on the heels of one of the better rounds of golf I've ever seen in my life on that Saturday 65 by Wolf. But also going like with NBC, who's used to covering golf, their formula is when somebody starts playing bad to drop them from coverage. And this yeah. is a, a different tournament. And uh, sorry, DJ, you were going to say something. Well, I was just going to ask when you're watching on Friday. I mean, I know you're, I know you're obviously excited, and it's a U.S. Open, and you're you're a professional golfer, and of course you're you're thrilled to like go get it. But uh, when you're watching on Friday, I mean, is there like a tinge of anxiety of of what you know, especially like not playing great. Thursday like what's it feel like watching and getting ready for your tea time on Friday yeah I mean I guess for me in, in this particular week uh, or that particular week it was good because I played so bad Thursday that it, it showed that if I shot three under Friday like I'd le- legitimately be in the golf tournament so you kind of have a little spark whereas as you mentioned Deej like the week to week golf is so easy that if you shoot four over one day you know you just have yourself a day um you like, I mean, what do you do? Like to get back in the golf tournament, you have to, I I don't even know if you could play well enough to get yourself back in it. Um, so I think that's, that's the, the, the optimism side of that coin. But yeah, in general, when you're, you know, when you see that and you're like in a decent spot, I mean, I did it last year, I think at the PGA, I played pretty well the first day I shot even. And the second day I like, I'm, I'm seeing the scores or seeing how people are starting. I'm like, holy hell, like this is, this is a nightmare and you're just kind of freaking out because you go from your, you know, little like 30th place to just getting ejected out of the golf tournament. (laughs) And like that does kind of spark some anxiety and you try, that's where there's a balance. I think, um, that doesn't, I feel like pros don't talk quite a bit uh, enough about it just in regards to watching the golf, watching the scores and, and how that plays a toll, like how you have to balance watching to learn and how you have to balance watching or not watching to like avoid that, kind of like negative outlook of how hard the day is going to be because you want to go out there and think you know if i play a great round of golf i can tear this place up you know relative to the average bird but yeah it's typically you know it's not it's not awesome when you flip on the coverage you need to shoot three under and you see that like the best score of the day has been one under <laughs> it's like yeah i'm not you know i gotta believe myself but i did just shoot eight over yesterday so <laughs> 
I want to talk to you some here about your calendar here in a second, but first I want to inform the listeners that they need to mark their calendars as we uh, go to celebrate Elijah Craig's old fashioned week. Mm. Um, Great segue. I may have mistakenly I mean, that was a said phenomenal segue. Right? This is why you guys Dude, are real. You don't pros. do live ads on your on your <laughs> podcast. You don't know how to do this. You don't know about that life fact. Um, I might have said last week that it was old fashioned week. Uh, I was just it turns out I was really excited for it. It's not yet. It it's is, old fashioned month. It, That's it, fine. Actually, it still is not old fashioned month because it is uh, old fashioned. You it's know, the month before old fashioned month. It's, which, it's the half the half birthday <laughs> of old fashioned week. Were you guys <laughs> bragging about your ad reads? <laughs> October 16th through 25th is actually Old Fashioned Week. So what you can do is go to oldfashionedweek.com. You can see Elijah Craig sharing tips, tricks, and techniques on how to make a great old-fashioned at home with your Elijah Craig bourbon. All you need is a bottle of the small batch, some sugar to enhance the sweetness, and some bitters to bring out the spice. And the date you need to mark is October 21st for a one-night event featuring some of the world's leading mixologists, chefs, and bourbon experts. Uh, Again, you can learn more about Elijah Craig Old Fashioned Week at oldfashionedweek.com. Find out how you can help Elijah Craig raise up to $100,000 to support Restaurant Workers Community Foundation. No Laying Up is brought to you by Elijah Craig Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Bardstown, Kentucky, 47% alcohol by volume. Elijah Craig reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You made it sound like Elijah Craig, like himself, was going to be on YouTube sharing tips, which I don't think is the case. I don't think that's the case, but just go to oldfashionedweek.com okay. and you can find out. You can so. confirm that for yourself. Sorry, um, I feel like you bogeyed the first there, but you really brought it home nicely. <laughs> Listen, uh, he needed a lot to of, shoot three under, man, to, to get himself back in it. <laughs> a lot of great rounds start with bogey, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal save after a tremendous segue. Well. Can you talk to me a little bit about this fall schedule? What, how you got, like, put a schedule together? How you know somebody like Hudson Swafford, who's been you know battling for status the last couple of years, now is exempt through twenty twenty three, and kind of are you ready for a break after how crazy this whole year was, and how you're going about setting up your uh, your fall calendar? Yeah, you know, a break sounds lovely. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I found out that there's you know like fifty something tournaments this year. But so do you have uh, the FOMO of like now there's all these tournaments I need to play them? Yeah, a little bit. You know, I I've been obviously not playing great, and I wanted to go to Sanderson Farms next week because uh, I actually like the golf course quite a bit, and uh, I think it suits me. But my caddy Joe, who you know we're, we we uh, I do believe our team, and we I don't really make a lot of decisions without conferring with him first he just said go home practice like let's take your couple weeks now for me the schedule is interesting because i think i'm just going to miss out on both the zozo and the cj so i don't think i'm going to play a lot this fall unfortunately um it's good and bad you know i need to get get my game kind of a little bit more locked in or, or figure out the little pieces that are off but i think that in general you see someone like you know, Hudson, which who, you know, just congrats to him because I, I really like, like Big Hud. Big Hud is a nice, it's just like, you know, it's just like the nicest Southern boy you could ever imagine. He's got the big, deep voice. He's got the slow, slow Southern drawl. Every time you see him, you know, you're going to catch a smile. Um, and so like someone like him, who's been battling, this is such a cool opportunity. Uh, you play an event with a full field, you play an event on a golf course that isn't, I guess, it doesn't draw like the craziest, craziest amount of like big time names, but it's a big time golf course. Um, it's long, uh, the, even the scores, you know, weren't crazy low, uh, but you can kind of see a guy who has immense talent be able to shine without having to do it in maybe like the biggest arena, if that makes sense. And that's no knock. It just means that like you can, 
you can be Hudson. Like Hudson is, is, has been one of the best golfers I know since, you know, we were in high school to college. So I think that's like the appeal of the fall season, right? Is, is what you're saying. It's like, that's not a knock, but it's like, here is your chance to be and shine in this arena. Yeah. It's so, I mean, dude, like it's so difficult when you think about it, like for anyone to just come up and, and look at, look at, you know, I always use this example, but Joel Damon, Joel Damon plays a, a big, a big time schedule, right? For the most part, Joel Damon is a phenomenal golfer. I think he's top 70 in the whole world. Um, yet like the tournaments he's, he's, you know, competing in has all the eyeballs. Like not, I'm not talking just about the field. It's just all the eyeballs. And to win that is, is, is more difficult as far as the press goes, the media goes, then it would be to win uh, Punta Cana. It feels like, even though it is the same level of golf and it is the same, um, you know, rewards, the same everything, it is less of the uh, like a fishbowl on you uh, to be down there. You know, like I, I love watching golf. I didn't watch today. Didn't feel, I wasn't as hyped for it. And, and I don't think that's a knock on the tournament. It's just the time of year this is right. You're a professional podcaster. Now, if you're not watching the golf and you're talking about it on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I, have I made it? Is this it? Do I, do I talk about how not firm enough it was? <laughs> Sounds like you were apologizing for Tony Finau with that whole Jill Damon uh, smoke screen that you were sending out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he won. Man, he won. <laughs> Just think, man, if you played Puerto Rico every day, every week, he'd win all the time. Yeah, exactly. Michael Bradley and, you know, he, he, he kind of did. El Rey de Puerto times. Rico. Did he go back to back? <laughs> he went back to back. It's a big time, you know, that's a big time accomplishment. But that's what I'm saying is like winning, winning, especially after some struggles like Hudson's had is it's difficult because you have a lot of, I'm sure a lot of self doubt, you know, like just as far as like, am I ready for the moment? Hudson won a lot in college. Like, you know, you, golf, you just win so rarely. So I think that's the coolest part about this fall. Like you said, Sally, is you have the opportunity to kind of put yourself on the map and then, and then work your way into like a, just a stellar, stellar career that I think Hudson would have or will have. Um, the difficulty now, in my opinion, is there's so many freaking golf tournaments <laughs> that for, for the player, I, I you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just speaking for the player now, not, not the fan, the player. No, you're speaking I, for the fan as well. Phil, then I, I don't know how to talk. Um, if I was going to say for the fan, uh, there's just a lot going on. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to get hype. But for the player, it's hard to map out your schedule because you need a break at some point. You you just do like just your body. Like yesterday, my friends were joking with me because I was supposed to go out and 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 meet up uh, or, or go watch football or something. Like we were going to go play golf, watch football, something. And I was like, guys, my body is cooked like i didn't take a huge break after wingfoot i had to do a couple things and it's just like i need a day just to catch up and it's just like that's how everyone's gonna feel so do you decide to play a lot in the fall because that's what the the analytics say or do you kind of do what you kind of think your body and mind needs and that's to play sparingly so for me i'm fortunate i'm still on or in the winners category for this year. So I have, um, you know, I don't, I don't have to freak out we about get the it. analytics. You won, dude. We get it. <laughs> Very cool, Max. 
Um, I, I, man, I, I really did win. Um, uh, but that's the thing is like, you know, you have the Dustin's and the Tigers and the Rickies and the Rory's and the blah, you know, all the, all the big Matches, names. It's yeah. like, don't, yeah, no, no, not that one. <laughs> I won, man, but I, not that. Um, but yeah, you like, you can, you, you don't, you don't feel the stress of playing like eight events in the fall this year. You know, those guys know I'm going to, they're going to get theirs and it's, it's going to be all good. Um, you know, the, the, much more common story is I need to play a lot. So I have the most opportunity to rack up as many FedEx cut points as I possibly can. So I can, you know, keep, whether it's top 20, 125, or, you know, if you're trying to make, you know, if your, your thought is on the tour championship, whatever your thought is, you need to like play a lot as far as the analytics go. So I think that's the difficulty for me. Like I said, if I don't get in the Zozo and the CJ cup, which I don't think I will, uh, I'm going to add, um, you know, Houston to my schedule. If not, I probably won't play Houston, but that's that's kind of the awkward part of this fall now i I do feel like it i liked when it was the fall series personally uh but i get why they did it you need to bring life to these events um but as a as a fan now like i liked the fall series so you could actually get a little more hyped you know for this hudson thing because it would look like it's more of a um career changer than i feel like it was it, it Current, I mean, maybe this is just like how I see it, but right now I don't feel like that's going to get the same amount of attention. Yeah, I think that's totally right. And I, I think, uh, you know, from the fan side of things, I, I agree with everything you're saying. And I think the the fall almost has a nice, um, like, pressure-free vibe to it yeah, where it's like, it. you know, if you feel like, you know, this, this afternoon was – you know, Hudson Swafford and Tyler McCumber. And for the McK- fan, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Not for the players. No, right. Yeah, yeah. For, for the fans. It's this afternoon was, you know, Hudson Swafford and Mackenzie Hughes and Tyler McCumber. And it's like, man, I love, I love watching those guys. Like this could be a really massive day for one of those guys. Adam Long, uh, obviously was up there too. And it's nice to be able to kind of parachute in when you want to without having to, you know, Without feeling the stress of like you're going to miss something if you don't tune totally. in. Totally, optional it's, viewing. It's optional viewing. If it's Matt Jones and Charlie Hoffman and and those guys, it's like yeah, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm going to go do something else. And awesome. I think that shout out to Charlie. I'm going to tell him that because he he's got you know his nickname Seagull. He's got a pretty big ego. I do love Charlie, but I like I like being able to bring up when you know no one really cares about you, Charlie. I hope you, you listen know, to this. <laughs> no, no offense to anyone. He's uh, made his money as your yeah, point. Yeah, we're we're good, man. We're yeah. good, and that's and what also, I think is who interesting. Just, who cares about him? <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's that's to your to your point, Max, is like there's kind of a lot of uh a lot of low key under the radar kind of career career making moments in the in the you know fall here. Like that's H- what sucked me in today. Yeah, totally. And and even more so, I mean, Hudson's won and he's made a good amount of money on the PJ tour and it's awesome to see him come back and do it again. But like Tyler McCumber hasn't won, you know, it's like that that would have been that would have been a pretty massive jump start, especially with Full points and I think you know masters on the line and all that stuff too so it's yeah the, the fall is kind of kind of interesting from that perspective it's incredibly hard to explain um to just to, to anyone really like my my family to even honestly even to like Joe it would be really hard to explain how difficult difficult it is to get comfortable um with the lead in any event ever because like I mentioned before winning in golf happens so sparingly um, my, unless you're literally Tiger Woods, it happens so rarely even to be in the lead, uh, except if you're Tiger Woods. So these events, like I, I, I rep Sam Burns and Taylor Gooch are two of my, like, I mean, I'm biased. They're my friends, but they're two of my guys, um, that I think will blow up at some point. Uh, Sam, I've 
referred to as a lot like Dustin Johnson and just his raw talent and just like the speed in which he plays and just seems like he always knows what's going on. So he plays the safe way. Again, we're going to call it a low anxiety event, not a ton of eyeballs, obviously high anxiety for him and everyone playing, but low anxiety for the fan, low anxiety from the media. It's not like the biggest deal in the world per se. Well, he gets to go get his feet wet in that environment, plays well, doesn't quite close the deal, but plays awesome. Learns a lot without a huge repercussion. Tyler McCumber, another absolute all-star stud. That dude gets to get his feet wet, gets to not feel like he's being scrutinized by every fan watching. Um, he, He may blow up now, you know? So you get to see these guys that we will probably see for the next decade at least, maybe not dominating might be a, a, a hyperbole but they will be your your mainstay names you got to start somewhere and that's where as you guys said the the fall presents that opportunity and i that's why i love it but at the same time now that now that there's so many events these big events and and the scheduling even for the you know dustin johnson's of the world needs to become it kind of gets tricky because you want to find a break but you also know you need to play i mean you have to play something and this is one of those odd years obviously or the only odd year where like the masters is in the fall or in you know in, in this part of the season it's just like how do you shape a, a schedule around that and and I don't know. That's the downside, I guess. But the 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 uh, the, the positives is it's it's presented more opportunities for the Hudson Swappers of the world to get get back to where they should be. Well, I, you know, we kind of maybe have buried the lead from uh, events we need to see more of uh, this fall, and we have we've been fortunate enough to be joined by somebody who was actually there in attendance this past week at the Paynes Valley <laughs> yes, Cup. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, where to start? I, I don't know if there's a what question there. Like? If you just want me to just go for it. Uh, <laughs> So first of all, let me let me preface with this. I, I think so. I was out there with my father, Big Randy, and uh, I think he and I are going to go deep on the trap draw later this week. I think it's it, there's a lot of trap draw worthy stories uh, that we're going to get into. This is way too mainstream. This is yeah. Well, I don't know if you guys want to hear about like the skunks that accosted us at dinner. I don't know if you want to hear I would about really you know, like to hear that. You know, there there was a very quick. Actually, you know what? No, that's a tease for the trap draw. We're saving that <laughs> one for the trap draw. Uh, no, so Randy and I were out there. We got to play some excellent golf. We played uh, Paynes Valley. We played Ozarks National. We played the Mountaintop Course at Gary Player. We had uh, what we'll call a wide ranging interview <laughs> with Gary Player uh, after after that, uh, where he gave me a little preview of some of the takes he was looking to debut on the on the telecast <laughs> later that day, uh, and we got to watch the match up close and personal. Um, some people might have saw some photos of us floating around as standard bearers. We did not go out there to be the standard bearers, as as was uh, as was, mis- widely was widely reported by the fake news media uh, and the No Leg Up Twitter account. Instead, we were walking up the 16th fairway, and these two guys were just like talking, like dressing down one of the PR guys, just like, "Yo, you gotta find some people to replace us. Like, we're not doing this anymore. Like, I, I'm not carrying these things around anymore." And uh, Randy's like, "Yeah, we'll do it." Like. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. And uh, I didn't know that part of the story. Yeah, so we, you know, we stepped in, we picked up the flag, and uh, and you know, got got nice and close to the action. Tried to get some signed balls uh, <laughs> afterwards. JT and Rory were not having it, um, but yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, man. I, I don't know if you guys maybe maybe we'll start with you. What was it like on TV? I mean, that's that's the part I missed. Max, how much did you watch? 
uh, dude, honestly, it was hard to remember. I got so lost in DJ and Randy's performance that I was just like, it's hard <laughs> to focus, hard to remember all the shots. I was so, I was so intrigued by the way they were just like carrying themselves. And also the, 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 I don't even know what to call it. The scores. I mean, I was, I was enthralled. Um, well, that I, makes I one of us the, because I, I did end, not yeah. know what the scores were. It was very hard to keep score of what it was hard to keep track of what was going on. So I don't know if my placards were right at any time. It was eye opening for me because it really made me realize how little the golf matters in terms of oh, like oh, hell whoa. yeah like I welcome to the party pal like there is absolutely no reason for me to care who won that thing. no reason none at no. all which made me it's all a, about the lols man but it made me realize like what professional golf is the the i don't, I don't know if it's history if that's the right word but the um Knowing what they're playing for, knowing that it means something, whatever that is, week to week is still up for debate. How important that is, yes, and, and how poorly, candidly, like how poorly that of a job, you know, is done to tell that story. Yes, and, and I think that a lot of that goes to the fall. And I'm not expecting the tour to roll out like some massive, you know, feature programming around these fall events. But it's like, man, you got to do something if like people are going to get it and care. Otherwise, but, why would they care? But do you know what? I, do you know what I'm saying? As to like, I don't care if Rory beats JT at golf in that event but if they were going head-to-head in a, in a pj tour golf tournament i would care definitely do you know what i mean yeah, and so of it, in some way they've done a decent job of like making me care enough about the golf in that regard but when they stripped that out i was like whoa this is crazy how little i care at the same time they didn't make it super competitive they didn't need it to be that was the right vibe the right still didn't need dan hicks and paul azinger there i'm sure that was a golf channel deal but they, just, they had the players mic'd up it was super entertaining. JT is very, very, very good at these things. Uh, Rory is a bit subdued. I was a little surprised by that. But just the little jabs, the little stuff asking about you know Justin Rose and Tiger talking about shafts and all the little nerdy stuff mixed with some fun stuff. Like It was just the right vibe, and they seem to kind of be hitting their stride with these things. I, I think that, like, I think to your, your, your point about the golf not mattering is so important um, because and so key because, like, these – events need to happen more often to kind of like balance the events that the result does matter that the golf does matter because we, of yep. course you watch i watch basketball because i care who wins i watch i watch baseball because i care who wins i watch golf because i care who wins but at some point if you're going to have even on a normal year 40 events I'm going to lose some interest. Like it just, it's just going to happen unless I'm literally playing in the event, I might lose some interest. So these things, all, you know, they happened all, all throughout the quarantine, which I thought was awesome as far as, you know, raising money, raising awareness, raising, um, even just interest in the game. I thought they were great. I think that the difficulty of them is that they try so hard to make it like a match that matters yeah. so much, like you said, because it doesn't. I don't care if you're, if you, if you're, you know, just to use better for back of a lack of a better name, Tyler McCumber. Like he won't care that much on a, on a Wednesday fun day, you know. Like that's kind of the cool part about it. So what they 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 struggle with is getting the right group of guys. Um, I've referenced this before. JT needs to be in all of these. He is the best at this. Like JT is really good at trash talking while also being like the best golfer, you know? So like, that's a good balance. Like if honestly, like when I go out there, like I was, I did the thing at Olympia fields for the Evans scholar and um, you know, it's myself, Colin Morikawa, 
Bryson DeChambeau and Kevin Na. And uh, as far as the uh, official World Golf Ranking goes, um, it is literally named the official one. So I would necessarily be the fourth best or the worst player in that group. Now, can I talk trash better than them? Or can I kind of like use my, like, you know, wit better than them? Sure. But like at the end of the day, I also can't like just trump them with my accolades. JT can do both. So I feel like he is like kind of the alpha in those, in those rooms. Now, of course, like if Tiger were ever literally say anything like arrogant about it, like he, he would be the alpha, but JT is the alpha when it comes to like the balance of the two. Right. So that's why I always thought that when, when you have these things, there's too much hype about, Oh, they're going to talk so much trash. It's like, not everybody's like great at that. Um, but if you could just appreciate the golf and then appreciate these little one-off things, like you just referenced about the shafts or the ball or whatever, the golf course, like you would find so much joy in that. So I think that, that yeah, playing off of, or downplaying the result and and leaning into the entertainment of it of you know yeah sure not everything everyone's going to say is going to be hilarious but like let that just go like let people decide for themselves if they like what someone says and like let it go and then watch some really good golf but this is what happens on our tuesdays you know if i'm playing a match with some guys on tuesday you have these little jabs here and there. Do, does it happen for 18 holes? No, like no one can think of that many things to say for 18 holes, but you're going to get some fun ones over the course of, you know, a four hour span. And I thought that's what they did the best with the Payne's, Payne's Valley thing. I thought that, was it like the most entertaining thing I've ever watched? No, but was it, was it maybe the most entertaining of all these like little one-off exhibitions I've seen? I, th- I think it was. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I saw the last, you know, hour or so and i really enjoyed it the formula doesn't have to be much more complicated than than what they made it exactly it's so easy to me so yeah just like kind of let it rip stop trying to manipulate it just let everybody have fun i thought that's what i appreciated with the one i did was it was like here's your mic here's your group okay you know i'm like all right well i'm gonna go do what i do and and have my fun like i would on any other wednesday and um it was it was honestly enjoyable for me and it, then i feel like people enjoyed it too you know just like instead of being like all right you know like with something that people do like all right max here's seven swings roast them it's like <laughs> you know like, come on guys like can i just like be me like i, I mean i might you know i i do consider myself you know quite good at, at, at you know being witty at times but like it, it's not like it every moment presents itself to that and i would say that as far as golf goes like i would be in the top x percent of that so it's like are you trying to tell me that like now now rory has to be the best at golf and also be literally like the most entertaining person you've ever seen no but like let's just go let him be himself because every time i've been around rory i've either learned something laughed at something like i've, I've had some cool reaction to something and even if he didn't say a word to me i would marvel at the way he played golf so i feel like it's gets a little contrived and i thought that this one was awesome like i thought that it was kind of like your perfect lazy uh tuesday thing of golf like this is sick you know we have four awesome golfers we have enough lip you know we have one guy you know justin like kind of leading the charge in that it's funny um but we're not gonna like shove it down your throat we're just gonna let you guys like enjoy yourselves and watch and if you like it you like it if you don't you don't and that's i think maybe more of the formula to make more people like it so a couple things. One, uh, interesting to hear the guy who got his ass kicked in the Evan Scholars one say the results don't matter. I think that's we should point that out. Two, uh, it's in, you know I, I think you're totally right, and I I completely agree. I think that the more of these get done, 
the better, uh, just because I think there's so many people involved to do these things, both from a sponsor standpoint, TV standpoint, organizational standpoint, agent standpoint, player standpoint, PJ Tour standpoint, like golf course standpoint, all these things. There's so many people that have to be swimming in the same direction, which is where I think you get a lot of that contrivedness where it's just, you know, you have to put together a plan. And then, of course, everything just gets blown out of proportion as far as like, oh, they're going to be mic'd up, so trash talk. And then the trash talk is like the thing that gets put in all the bullet point PowerPoint presentations and blah, blah, blah. I think it's so much harder for all of those organizers to be like, no, 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 it's just going to be like chilled out and like just trust us, it's going to be cool. That's just not going to happen until you have like a bunch of proofs of concept, right? And I think doing these throughout the quarantine and throughout, you know, the last few months, I think, has hopefully given a bunch more proofs of concept in order to to figure it out. To that point, I was worried after they went, you know, let them walk down the first fairway and nothing was said for like 10 seconds. And I was like, oh, no, they're going to panic again. <laughs> the announcers are going to... They're going to intervene. They're going to pull the plug. The announcers are going to get way over involved. But, uh, Deej, what, like, take me... Like, I, we saw it on TV. Explain to me Payne's Valley of the Golf Course. What were your, what were your takeaways? Wait, can I, can uh, I interject really quick? Because I like this please. is coming from someone who doesn't know. Like you got you guys know so much more about golf course than I do. I thought that the and DJ, please explain. Like the pictures for, um, look so so cool, and then when the cameras are on from the ground level, like it's so hard to tell. I was so intrigued with the golf course, and then watching it, it wasn't nearly as intriguing. So is that like a common thing that like when you have above ground, whether it's drone or whatever pictures or video of it, you can see the stuff going on with the holes? Because to me, when I, they just showed the golf, it was quite difficult to see why it would be such a cool like golf course or whatever. So I think it's uh, that's a very astute observation, and I almost think it's the opposite, whereas like when they show wing foot from the drone, it looks super boring. And okay. then when they show it on the ground, it looks exceptional because you can see all the things that are going on. Okay, that makes sense. And I think with Payne's Valley, I think it was when you show it from the drone, it's like, holy shit, it's a big rock face. That's unbelievable. And then when you show it on the ground, it's like, yeah, there's maybe not that's, all that yeah, much going on. <laughs> the, the rolling hills on the greens that like I could see in the above was, I was like, that is sick for like a, the, uh, any golfers, but a public golfer's like, that's sick. And then like on the ground, I was like, oh, okay, well, I can't really it, see it's, <laughs> it's definitely, and I, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to overstep here because there will be many, many people who will go there and absolutely love it and think it's the coolest, most unique thing they've ever seen. And that's great, uh, and I hope they have a really good time. And I had a really good time when I was there. There's a ton of super, super fun shots. It kind of feels like you're playing inside of a golden tea machine, <laughs> which is uh, comes with just different. It's po- its own positives and negatives. I think. Uh, I think the cut the types of go- golf courses I like. First of all, I mean you can you can see the types of golf courses I like because it's right across the street at Ozarks National. Like the Core Crenshaw course is outstanding and it's so like subtle and relaxing and you feel like you're just walking in this beautiful landscape and then you go across the street and ozarks national is very much like hey my you know we've got 800 tons of dynamite like let's fucking light this thing up Yeah. yeah and so it's there are two i would say different types of people that like different types of golf and i think they have both both golf courses for them there it, it is the widest golf course i've ever seen i think in my whole life and Tiger was still missing fairways, which was... I don't know if you guys saw... A little spoiler for the, oh, Branson, for the Branson pot. I don't know if you saw where Tiger hit his opening tee shot. Oh, you got about the 700, ball. 700 yards left. <laughs> Everybody else went to the second tee. They were like, all right, we're, you know, I guess we lost it. Like, let's, let's go. Randy and I were like, man, can you imagine if Babe Ruth, like, designed a baseball stadium and then fouled off the first pitch? 
Like you'd think you'd want that ball, right? Like it's right there. Like let's just go get it. And uh, so we did. So it was, yeah. So I got it in the I got it in the house. <laughs> it's, so uh, it's yeah, out, it's gonna be on the auction websites here very soon. <laughs> no, it's it's gonna be an absolute heirloom for my uh, my probably golf indifferent uh, grandchildren down the road. Speaking that's, of that's... Uh, lefties, um, Babe Ruth. Uh, <laughs> I don't don't want it to go any f- further past than lefties. I have a serious question. Do you guys enjoy? I, I appreciate what Tron is doing with his new uh, his venture. I think that it's probably one of the most interesting, intriguing things I've seen in a long, long time. But like as as his friends who have to play with him all the time, do you guys like? Are you guys cool with it? Because like, I mean, he's still he's still shooting quite a big number. Um, is that totally is that, cool with it? Okay, hundred cool. percent cool with it because he plays fast. But like he he knows he might be off the tee before you tee off because if oh, he hits good. a bad okay, one he's cool. like oh, yeah I gotta cool. go get I gotta go that's, that's, that's the though. thing is like basically he's a beginner he's a, a golf beginner with like the institutional um, yeah. knowledge of like a thirty five year old man that's you know like nice. he's played forever so he knows all the etiquette he knows to play fast he knows when he's being a pain in the ass which he very rarely ever is and it's like he knows when to be done with the holes yeah too. he knows when to scoop it and he it's great and and I think there's like a massive thrill just to the idea of. Like, holy shit, Tron has a putt for birdie. Like, this is unbelievable. It's uh, So that part of it's it's super fun. And there's no literally no telling what is coming. Yeah. It is. <laughs> he will literally, he could whiff a shot and then hit a soft fade 260 yards of the driver on the next swing. Have you ever seen him <laughs> <It's>, draw it? <laughs> uh, he, yeah, yeah. He's he, can, got, he, he can move it right to right and left to right. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I do love no, it. I think it's one of the cool, like cooler projects in a while. Wait till you see it. It's brave. Person, yeah. It's brave. We're gonna have some stuff this week, actually. That uh, I don't know. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, I don't know if the trailer's gonna come out yet or not. But we've got a little Ryder Cup thing going on at Sweetens Cove, so people get to see Tron under the gun uh, this week. Well, I was actually a little concerned we wouldn't have enough to talk about this week, which is why I came up with the uh, let's do a PGA Tour composite course. Composite, and, as they would say in America. Yeah, there. I would totally say composite. I'm really glad that that's an Amer- America thing and not just like ignorant thing because I was hoping I wasn't No, that's straight, lost. F- straight from Royal Melbourne. Royal Melbourne, the composite course. We, uh, we'd like to do these when we take trips is go through each course and say, you know, all right, the best first hole we played was at blah, blah, blah course. The best second hole we played was at this one. Uh, I thought this would be a fun kind of fall series thing to go through the PGA Tour schedule. Uh, not going to lie, this tested my golf course knowledge of PGA Tour courses a little, a lot, exposing <laughs> yeah, it, if you hard. will. <laughs> this is a hard little exercise, and it made... I mean, I, I kind of always thought the PGA Tour had a lot of very similar holes, and flipping through them today, I was confirmed on that. So A lot of 475 straight straight par fours. Yes. Um, but we wanted max perspectives on it, too, and I, we didn't set a rule or criteria or a, uh, a... Your hole can be, for whatever reason, one, it's super hard and you love watching guys make bogeys. Two, it could be super easy. It's super entertaining. It's the best test of hole. It's because this blah, blah, blah happens max. It could be because I birdie this hole every time we play it. It can be anything. <laughs> I don't I think we're going to get a, a big variety list. But uh, I just I picked the old course for all of them. So it's. Uh, well, we did say <laughs> avoid the the majors, major courses, just because um, one, Augusta is going to like sweep. If you do choose Augusta for a hole, we I asked that you. Have a backup replacement regular PGA. Which I, I lobbied for Augusta to be included because they it's go there every year. year. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But um, you're uh, that's a very good compromise. So um, why don't we get right into it? We can kind of get through. I mean, we got uh, 54 holes to get through with 18 times three people, so we don't need to don't need to drag ass and debate it too much. But you can uh, let's just start with number one, Max. What is your 
your composite PGA Tour course was hole number one. I'll talk this one really fast because I just want to get this out there. I did a really good job of making my course a par 71. I was like very dedicated to that, mm. so I hope people appreciate it. Uh, but my course, my first uh, hole, Spyglass, number one, par five, down to the mm. left. It's a beautiful explanation of the golf course. You start in the trees, and then on that exact hole, you end up looking at the ocean. I think that's really cool, and it's a pretty tricky par five. Great explanation. Deej? I mean, hard to beat the old course, right, guys? But uh, <laughs> no, so I... Uh, I didn't really whittle it down to just one. Um, I, I kind of just put together all the ones that I would be considering, and I figured I would just talk them out loud, and then I would decide on one, but I'll abandon that plan. Thank you. Uh, I think that I'm going to go with it is not my favorite. It's not the best first golf hole. Yes, I by, know what you're going to pick. By any means, but it's, it's the same one for it, me. It's the best setting. Yes. Solly, please. Bienvenidos a la WGC oh, no, Mexico. No, 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 no. That's not oh. what I was thinking. I thought you were going. No, I was going to... I was gonna say Riviera. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> the opening tee, the opening tee shot that matters the most, that catches my viewing the most. Like, all right, DJ's teeing off at two twenty one today. I am watching this tee time. God, that's a good pick. It is WGC yeah. Mexico with the first tee announcer. They drive the green. It is always an exciting just boom to that tournament. And that is the tee shot I look forward to the most. That's such a good pick. Uh, I was I was picking Riviera just because it's like the best, coolest tee box uh, in the world. But <laughs> That was my backup was Riviera. Other honorable mentions? I don't know if you guys want to scatter sure. those. But I think Colonial is really cool. The par five. Dog I, thought, Lake right. I thought about that one. Maui, I actually think is really cool. Yep. Down the hill Ooh, towards the I ocean. I think that's a horrible hole. <laughs> really? That, why do you say that? Uh, I guess I played Bogey this year when it was... I guess what, yeah. I guess because I played it when it was really soft this year. But um, the, the I don't know. It's just the tee shot. It's awkward. The tee shot's I so totally dumb. awkward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I don't mind awkward. It just didn't. It didn't feel right. But I'm not saying it wasn't beautiful. I mean, hey, it was hmm. gorgeous. <laughs> and then the last one I had is just maybe like the classiest, classiest hole on the PJ Tour in, on a tour full of class. Wait, acts. wait, 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 wait. What's the softest hole I could possibly imagine? No, no, no. It's not even that. I'm being genuine. Just a complete classiest class hole. par five, double dog leg. Innisbrook. Oh, good call. That's a really good I call. I love that hole. I didn't know if love you guys would hole. like that that option because I thought about that one because it is kind of like a I wouldn't say it's a good hole, but it's a cool opening hole because like a lot totally. can happen. But it's a yeah. kind of a bad hole because some people hit like I hit three wood off that tee and it's it's literally just because they I guess no, I guess you like I guess that would make sense because it's just such a stupidly small landing area. Um, right but yeah i don't know i've never thought of that as like architecturally a great hole but it is a cool like hey listen like you can make a three and you can make a seven agree i uh my my reasoning for each hole varies like that number one that's definitely not the greatest chipotepec is not the greatest golf hole no, but that's it's fun and entertaining and my number two is actually i chose riviera ball buster par four i just think Such that's a cool green a strong i love the basically starting with par uh two par uh four and a halfs uh, and I thought about John Deere in this spot. Honestly, they have really cool downhill par five. That's I had that on I, my short list. I too. wanted a John Deere hole, but uh, Max, what is your hole number two? <laughs> you wanted a John Deere hole. Uh, mine is the uh, Honda Classic, the one at. Uh, um, why can I never? PJ National. PJ, thank you. Man. I always just say say Bear Trap. It's really freaking hard. Uh, I picked a lot of holes on here that I think are like challenging. So it's just a really hard hole. Wind's usually in off the left. The whole dog leg's a little bit to the left. There's uh, a tree off the tee. There's also OB right. Like it just is super demanding um, on a very demanding golf course that's typically because there's a lot of water. I like this hole is more um, right in front of you. You just got to 
you know, you got to kind of sack up and do it. Um, I like that. I, I, I thought that, that is a cool one is not a very hard hole there. It's more of the setup. One's not very hard. And then two, you're like, holy hell, this is why everybody tells me this course is so difficult. This is why we wanted a, a tour player on here. But we, we need, I wouldn't have, I, don't, I can't picture yeah, that. But hole see, right that's now, the but... sad part. Front nine holes don't get any coverage. Yes, like it's crazy. For sure. Speaking of front nine holes not getting any coverage, if we are including Augusta, <laughs> Segway, uh, I, would say, <laughs> yeah. I would say the second has to be on the list. I had uh, a couple random ones. Uh, I feel like uh, Sea Island number two is kind of cool. Winding around that pond, it's just kind of, you can hit a couple different things off the tee. I think that's kind of a cool hole. Two at Wailai winds back towards the, back towards like the mountain with all those houses. Two's a very room. good hole too, because if it's windy, the landing area is really, really difficult. Yes. That's that Wailai's sweet. Wailai's sweet, yeah. Bay Hill, the par three down the hill, I think is kind of fun. But I think my choice is uh, number two at Austin Country Club, which I believe is mm. number 11 at uh, for the members. But just a really awesome, it's like such a cool stretch of the golf course over that canyon. Kind of everything banks to the left. You've got two in a row that are, are kind of similar shapes, but different, play really differently. It's just a really, really cool hole. And I also had John Deere, the par five. Uh, <laughs> Anything well. to get John but Deere in. I'll, I'll go with Austin Country Club. Moving, moving to number three. Again, got to look at Augusta National. <laughs> I, I feel like number three is, number three is pretty good, but I, I'll go. I gave him a shout on number one, but I'll go um, Colonial, the start of the horrible horseshoe. Just a fucking brutally Deech, that's mine bro really fist bump nice <laughs> all right uh I, I i maybe feel like i'm throwing them a little bit of a bone here we, we rip on this course a lot Tory pines. pines yeah i had that that was the only other one i had on my list Tory pines that's a you know that that golf tournament is one i feel like a lot of people really watch in bulk like you watch from first hole you know to the end and that always seems to be a deciding hole in some way and it's a very entertaining hole to watch so that was my number three it's just a very entertaining place on the earth to sit yes just watching the hang gliders going by and i mean it's it's very very cool for for what, the shit whenever, or the, go ahead, the go untapped ahead. potential i guess the untapped potential of tory pines like number three is pretty cool yeah whenever i'm absolutely. at tory um uh, and tory is my number four um whenever i'm at tory and i do see these hang gliders i always think to myself man you're seven over but these guys could literally die if this thing doesn't work. <laughs> so maybe stop being su- such a, such an idiot and, and complaining about your round of golf on land. So your number four is, is Torrey Pines. Four at South Course Torrey Pines. It's so freaking hard. That's really the only reason. They show you like two-thirds of the fairway, and the last third is on the left, which looks like it's in the Pacific Ocean, which I don't know if people know, but Pacific Ocean is quite large. It goes all the way up to Pebble Beach, uh, which will be on my list later, I think. <laughs> and all the way to Japan. Yeah, too. and all the way. I mean, think it's about nuts. that. You're just looking at all that water. Um, so you pretty much points you at the right bunker, and if you do hit it into the bunker, you have basically a four iron out of it. It, I um and, and you know it's uh, that's obviously difficult you know for those of you playing at home four irons out of bunkers are difficult um but I also love that they have a shave down right side of that green uh because or right side of the um right of the green because the ball will kick itself back onto it so it's not like overly demanding but that ball almost always kicks to the front of the green so if the pin's not in the front if you use that uh slope you end up having a really difficult two putt or possibly like a chip off of the green i think that's a cool little uh a cool addition to an already long and difficult hole what do you guys got i i had tory pines on my list as well because i saw oh, oh, it listen all that stuff you said is great i saw spencer levine have an epic oh, meltdown there one sold. time <laughs> uh, which was just like it was the most scenic meltdown in like the history of the world it was just it was truly 
a chef's kiss moment. I think Riviera, the long par three is really cool, but I, I don't know, Max, maybe you can shed some light on how that hole actually plays. It looks like it was designed to kind of run it up that runway on the right side, but then being out there this year, it looks like everybody just kind of takes dead aim at it. It stops. The ball stops in that. Yeah, yeah that's the, the problem in, is it looks like it, but you can't, you can't actually like make it bounce. That's the issue with the so grass. I, so it's just like it, the idea of it is so great. Um, but the actual uh, execution of it, does, as far as architecture goes, is just like the grass is wrong. If there's any other grass, I think it would work really well to do that. And then you'd have like these fun, kind of like lowish shots come in and, and work themselves out. But you kind of have to fly it all the way there, which kind which stinks because it's a long shot. So I wanted to pick that one, but listen, for the architectural intent, you just can't do it. But So I'll pick TPC Sawgrass. Yeah, that's where I'm going that to. Going? I, had going a, I had a feeling. That's TPC, such a cool hole. So this really, this exercise made me appreciate some golf courses more than I maybe yeah. used to appreciate. And like I've always said, like, yeah, TPC Southland, that's a good course. It didn't come close to having any holes picked, I'm just going to say. <laughs> so, I, so, yeah, I, I did not... I don't have a wide variety of golf courses. What I ended up actually picking great golf holes from. So uh, I did like number four TPC Sawgrass. Moving on to number. By five. the way, one of my favorite things about that, I feel like the cat's stroke average on that hole is like seven point six. I feel like he never plays that hole well. Well, the green is way more interesting than it probably yeah. looks on TV. And there's some really fun, interesting pins. Front, like back right, is really interesting. Back left is really interesting. Just an um, uncomfortable tee shot. It yes. Looks like there's nowhere to hit it. Uh, everybody. Seems like there's just a magnet on the those like gross hills on the left where you're just hacking out of that Bermuda trying to carry the carry the hazard. It's just that's a great spot to sit on like a Saturday morning. I, I've only played there one through. time. Shout out to COVID, and I hit a hit it in the fairway and hit it to two feet and tapped in. So I do love that hole as well. I bet you do. <laughs> I bet you do. Where's the pin on Thursday? Is it like it was front, back right? right? Oh, back yeah. right. Okay. It's yeah, kind of the yeah yeah, like yeah it's a good pin, but it's a little easier. Uh, that left one I was looking forward to playing, but that is a good hole. I mean, it's a really tricky tee shot, like uh, to the it's eye. Really not that hard of a hole. Yeah, it's really yeah not I mean, it's pretty hole. easy for um, some people. My number five. I struggled with number fives a little bit. I did too. Okay. Actually. I ended up going with Kapalua Plantation Course, par five. Par five. They yeah. added a centerline bunker in there this year. <laughs> Here we go. Now it's, I get it. <laughs> it fuck that hole. It's a gettable little hole, but it like. Again, my eyes go to the screen when people are, when guys are playing that hole. I think it's a great eagle opportunity. It's maybe too easy. It's, it's par four and a half, whatever you want to make it. But uh, I've always enjoyed watching the guys play that. So Apalua Loki had a lot of a lot of holes on my list. Right. To lean exactly. into your uh, like four, par four and a half, what I like about those holes in general, especially on a course like that where it is really windy and it's really difficult, is it makes you feel like you have to make birdie, which I think is a yeah. mental element that goes kind of unnoticed. Like that's an added pressure where every time we played yeah. that hole, it was like, dude, you need to make a four here because there's not a ton with how the wind was going. There's not a ton out there. Um, obviously, the scores are low because it's par 73, but with the with the front nine you play a few pretty difficult holes in a row and you get to that and it's it, there's just like that added kind of value to the hole just because of where your like um your mind has go has gone what's your number five uh mine's riv riviera number five uh, it's it's it seems i think to the eye not a crazy intricate hole it's a three wood or a hybrid off the tee it's a fairly tricky tee shot, like more so than it really looks. There's two tee boxes, so you can play two kind of very different different uh, types of shots. One, you have to feel like you really draw. The other, you feel like you better not pull. Uh, and then the, the the reason I really picked it, though, is because it does have runoff long long of the green, which I, as we mentioned earlier, I love. Um, but you, And it has one short right as well, middle right. But 
it's 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 the reason I think Riviera is the best golf course in the world. As you guys have been talking about Augusta National, I could have done that with Riviera. Every single hole out there, I think, is so well done. But you can move if the pins on the left side of the green, you would think it's a pretty benign hole, very easy. And you move it anywhere on the right side of the green, whether it's front right or back right, and you would think it's one of the hardest holes on the course. And I think that is the definition of proper design. Um, it makes you mm. think, Amen. and it is it is you can move a pin forty feet. And the golf hole changes so much. I think that is a rare uh, occurrence in not only on the PJ Tour golf courses, but just in golf in general. It is. It is. I've never played Riviera super, super firm. Maybe one time I played it super firm, um, but typically, you know, it's by the water. It's not going to be crazy firm. It's Poana, and yet you play this hole here. You know, five at Riv, where you're, you're, you're kind of. At, at the mercy of where the where the golf course is set up the pin pin location i think that's awesome not to detract us here max but i have a question for you um i say this and i've never actually asked a pro this if this is accurate or not so feel free to bust my balls if not but it, for professional golfers and i'm thinking of i forget what the hole is at travelers where there's a 15. par five <laughs> no <laughs> you asshole i think it's six a par five on the front that has a lot of water in front of it or to the left of it is that what i'm thinking of Part travelers six 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 hold on um i do there's a par that. five it's got a big wide green and there's water left oh it's 13 area yeah, 13 right. 13 i was close with six yeah. <laughs> uh, Kind of so, like longish, middle-ish, shortish, uh, par five. <laughs> to me, it seems harder for you guys when you play that hole and the pin is on the right away from the hazard than it is if the pin is tucked on the left over the water. Dude, I say because this all can, the time. There's no bailout that makes you have exactly. to take on the water. Like Because if the okay. pin's on the right, your caddy... 100 times out of 100 says we need to be if there's no water the caddy says okay you know a step left of it that's what joe would say right then all of a sudden it's like well I, now i don't know where to tell you to aim because the step left of it the water's now in play so i'm i say that i don't know if everyone notices that i'm glad you brought it up because that is a serious thing like you shove the pin on the opposite side of the trouble and it becomes more troublesome exactly which is i think the opposite for amateur golfers because like you're, you know, it even a third shot for amateur golfers getting to a, a pin that's left and they're close to the water is difficult. Whereas, um, you you know you can just bail right. Yeah. Well, and you know that yeah, an amateur golfer is just gonna miss it to the right and be short sided and yeah. just make a you know yeah. make a bogey. But um, great question. That's fascinating, Max. This is fascinating to hear you talk about this stuff. Thanks, Let me just man. say that this, get, this gets me ex more excited for professional golf than like the week-long tournament that we watch. I want to say that like a common misunderstanding about I think a lot of professional golfers is that like I don't again I, I don't know a lot about architecture I've learned most of it from you guys and Andy Johnson and, and all the and you know Zach Blair like just from reading but I do think that something that's undervalued is our eye does see like good and bad holes i don't think we necessarily know how to explain why they're good and bad but we do know good and bad holes and i think that is something that's fun like I, that's why i was glad you you guys asked me to do this because that's a kind of a fun aspect of this is me deciding why do i like a hole and why do i not like a hole amen well i'll, I'll wrap up number five quickly no secret i love to see pros make doubles number five at colonial yes. probably the hardest <laughs> hole in the pga Tour. god that was hard <laughs> <laughs> the Elkington story about Lee Trevino on that hole just gets me every time. Like Trevino would hit the fairway on that one and you just walk with Man, I can't believe I hit that fairway. I'd never hit that. And the other two guys would still have to hit yet. That's the hardest fairway in the world to hit. Can't believe it. Also, shout out to Neil, you know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Big shout out to Neil. Uh number six, I I mean, 
I'm trying not to have a big stretch of obvious obvious picks here from six to about ten. Uh, so I'll throw Riviera the, the part three out there, but it's it's Pebble for sure. Yeah, right. I, I had six Pebble and then Riv and Princes as my backup. Yeah, that's nice. Too, too easy. Um, I picked. Uh, don't I? I even wrote in here. I said I said tell uh, Solly and DJ not to interrupt. <laughs> six because <at, laughs> I know how much you hate this whole six at Bay Hill. Six at Bay Hill is... Uh, no, that whole sweep. Oh, you do like that whole... I thought we had a discussion oh, yeah. how dumb that hole was this year. I think it's I think it's awesome. Okay. I don't think it's dumb. Okay, yeah. sorry. I thought that... I must have been one of my other podcast friends that told me how dumb it was. How good was it when John Daly tried to drive the green? Yeah, see, that's... The, so I like... I, I don't typically like holes that just give an enormous advantage to someone who bombs it, Like, which is true there. However, I would say that someone who does bomb it there has to really, really, really be confident to take that like a line. I, I feel like they're bringing in just as much danger as I would playing you know, 20 yards right of them. And I also love, I love long iron play. Like I love watching like a beautiful high four iron. And I think that that's one of the few holes on tour where you see, it's not, I guess a better way to explain this is it's not coincidence that, you know, Tiger Woods has dominated that place. And I've seen him hit multiple really cool shots on that hole. And I, I, you know, maybe it's one of those you need to be out there to see minus just the water, but that second shot is really scary and it's another one where if you lay up the third the second shot to the third you actually increase your angle no matter where you are in the fairway so there's always like a little bit of thought being like this iron has to go over the corner of the water should we just lay up to a wedge so we take on no water on the third you know like i like that aspect of it and i could be making this up but aren't don't those bunkers sprawl out quite a bit i feel like you always see a lot of like 60 yard bunker shots on that to a a back pin yeah yeah, you know what I mean? And that that you've got the back pin, the greens are usually firm. Yeah. It could be whipping down. And if you go over, you can pee in the water. Like and that, if you put the if you put the if you put the camera tower in the right spot, uh, a young gentleman with incredibly hairy arms could bank a hosel off of it and still. <laughs> oh make my a gosh, six. I forgot about that. I did yeah. not. That's why you were kind of cheekily picking it. <laughs> that wasn't why, but <laughs> I did. I did have to lean into it at some point. Uh, I'm gonna make a prediction. If he if he plays the tournament, Bryson, and maybe it's a practice round, maybe it's in the competition. I think he's gonna try to drive the game. I hope That'd one day amazing. he's like out of the event. And he gets it down off the right because <laughs> it's only, yeah. I, I, I don't mean to say only, but it's only like 340 carry, I think, to the front edge, straight line. He could obviously <laughs> do that. I'm going to, if I'm in his group, I'm going to tell him he could obviously do that. <laughs> Come on, man. You could do it. <laughs> this is easy. Well, for sorry. You. We inter- we interrupted you, even though you told us not to, but hopefully no, no, it was, it was for the positive. Yeah, it was. Uh, Number seven, I had Pebble. Yeah, this is. Uh, I wanted to get way more creative during this stretch than I did, but I have seven Pebble, and no backup. Yeah, I have no backup either. Seven's one of the few like popular holes that it just doesn't minus the view. The hole just is so little to me. The thing that I love about seven at Pebble is it's one of the rare, if not rare, it's the only place on the planet. Uh, as far as like where my life is taking me, where I feel like I'm alone in a good way, like. No one can see you unless it's a the the tournament. No one can see you. You're kind of in your in your own world, and I think that is really really cool. Um, it never makes my list because I feel like it's maybe I'm being like hipster whatever, but like it, it's it's the whole itself playing it isn't like the most I don't know intriguing thing. But where you are in life at that moment, I think it's sick. Like 
you can't see six and you can't see eight as you're walking down. Like you can't see anything. It's that's pretty cool. You're like in your own, you're on your own golf course. I should say it only makes my list if it's blowing. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I've hit seven iron on that hole, man. <laughs> that's that's sketchy. the best because there's there's not much going on with like the green yeah. or bunkers or anything. But it's a beautiful The view counts hole, man. for me. Yeah, the, the view, view absolutely the view counts. should I, count. I had one night, I, I took a like a nighttime photo there one time when I was working for the PJ Tour and I got out there. I don't think I really had like permission to be out there because there's a roving security guard that I kept having, like that just drives around <laughs> in a golf cart that I had to keep dodging. I'm like ducking under bleachers and stuff and finally like ducked them, you know, enough times that they were gone and I could set up my camera and everything. But yeah, I just laid on that tee for like, I don't know, probably two hours. Yeah. <laughs> just As you should. hanging out and it is maybe the most peaceful uh, I've ever felt in my entire life. As so. you should. It's on my list. Did you did you have something else for seven? Uh, I just used Valero uh, at TPC San Antonio. Really? Um, I uh, to to be fair, I didn't want to use seven at Pebble. Uh, seven is one of the rare uh, holes again, front nine hole that doesn't get any. I tried I tried to make my list of holes that are difficult uh, and that I didn't play a ton into the view, um, which I do think, as Solly said, like it should matter. Um, but the seventh at Valero is one of those holes that I think is designed really well. It's got a super intricate, intricate green. No one ever gets to see it. Unfortunately, it's always windy and firm there. So you see a lot of cool, like low draws to those holes and there's runoffs uh, long, right. That make the chip a little bit awkward. And there's these big bunkers on the left. It's also like a, du- a double green with number two. And I just like, it's just a cool looking hole. I also think it's a good hole, um, design wise. Um, but again, I, I wanted to refer to at least a couple holes on this front nine that people hadn't don't see enough so if you ever do catch it on like a pj tour live you'll notice because it's a i don't know it's a really good it's a really good par three i want you to like uh, think very dead serious deadpan like die on the hill that v- the seven at valero is better than seven at Pebble, like publicly <laughs> technically just, as just a whole it is if you put that. water if you put the pacific ocean on seven at valero you'd think it's a much better hole <laughs> <laughs> you guys like seven at pebble i love 17 yeah. at the at&t oaks course <laughs> <laughs> um, eight, I went again, Pebble. Um, yeah, listen, me too. Riv was Dude, close, hey guys, I thought about three. doing Riv. <laughs> so eight's, eight's my favorite hole in the world, um, unequivocally. Like, not PJ Tour. Like, that's my favorite hole on the planet. It's so good. It's the coolest second shot. It's it's such a weird drive. You're just I've never played it, but I've been there a bunch of times and walked it a bunch of times. You're driving it straight up that hill. I don't know how if it plays different in the tournament or if there's anything unique about how it plays in the tournament. Dude, honestly nothing. It's just one of those where it's like how how um how good is your caddy you know on the number on the end of that fairway (laughs) and then how good are you with a seven to a four iron i mean i've i've hit i think almost every single one of my memorable iron shots has been uh if i had to list like top five to ten i think i think five of them would come on that hole i i I absolutely love that Shots hole. Shots fired at Greller, by the way. Oh, <laughs> oh shoot. I didn't even caddies. think about that. Oh, shit. Sorry, Greller. I love you, man. But yeah. Spieth, Spieth, Spieth kind of got a little antsy about that. I thought Ada Bay Hill is kind of cool, too. It's it's very. That's a tricky little hole. Yeah. It's a very yeah, Florida it's kind of a, hole. Kind of, kind of a cool little one. Nine, I had, uh, I mean, again, it goes without saying, but nine in Augusta is unbelievable. Um, nine at the match play is really cool. Straight again. Which one's it's 18, that? I think it at Austin Country Club. You never see it on TV. It it's downhill like a hundred feet. Like it's unbelievable. Damn. It's like this massive like stepped fairway uh, that just it goes straight downhill. It's just really really cool. It's uh, kind of short too. Like Bubba was driving it up on the front. One I, of think the years, so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I had uh, I had nine at Hilton Head. 
Okay. Oh, oh, I thought about that one. I do like that hole. The only issue that I have with it, dude, is like it's not drivable. Like you can just drive it into the yeah, bunker. Yeah, you got the bunker in the but front. But I do like the Didn't hole. Didn't drive it to like three feet? No, Finau did, but it literally ran through the bunker. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Brooks did do it this year, but Finau did it like a few years ago. I just It's not one where you're – if you ask Brooks, he didn't try to hit it on the green. You're just trying to put it in the bunker is kind of my point. Now, right. does that make me not love the hole? No. Like it's a sick green. It's literally a U. But it's – if I'm going to pick a short par forward for this list, it felt like it was um, – you're going to pick like an actual drivable hole, but I think it is a cool hole. Uh, it, it is um, it is one of the more more different types of holes and greens I've ever played. I'd like to stand corrected. I'm thinking of a different hole that Bubba was driving on the front of. I was going to say, I was it's like, like you 490. Know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really long, but it's <laughs> very downhill. It is. <laughs> like, I just want to stand corrected on that. Um, I, I I struggled with nine. I wanted to go Kapalua. I've always really enjoyed that par five. This is a lot of traction for Kapalua. <laughs> Cavalier's got it, yeah, man. Cavalier's sweet. Um, I stuck with Pebble. I, I, I it's really, yeah. I, I went just, with ten at Pebble, so I couldn't do nine. As yeah, well. I did not. I, I don't like my ten pick either. But uh, I don't even love I, nine at Pebble that much. But I really struggled with a great ninth hole. Uh, I, I, uh, I, for literally lack of, or for for the only reason I use this hole is because I was trying to make my par come out decent. <laughs> so I used nine, and I also wanted to use as many courses I could. Nine at uh, Zurich TPC Louisiana. That's what I had that on my list too. I actually do think it's yeah. a great par three because to your point, Solly, if you fun. shove the pin on the right. Uh, the right fall off is enormous, and it's that Bermuda. It's probably the hardest place to chip all year, so you, you're pretty much dead. And if the pin's left, the water is obviously like in play. Um, it's just a very demanding par three, so I like that aspect of it. Um, is it is it the best hole ever? No, but I do think that as a ninth hole par three, it's pretty sweet. And not you know not for nothing. I, I don't think this is as the architect intended. So many gators there, dude. As well, so, right? yeah. Between there, <laughs> we always have the bet every year. How much would it cost me to to pay you to swim from eighteen <laughs> down to like nine green? To yeah. nine green. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like there's just not enough money. <laughs> Max, what's your number ten? Uh, my number ten is uh, Monterey Peninsula. It's kind of a nothing par five when you think about it. Like again, on paper. I've played it when it's been crazy windy and you can't get there in two and it makes the third shot so amazing and it makes the second shot uh, like very fun. It's a par five. Uh, typically, if it's not windy, you can probably get a three iron onto the green in two, maybe even less. Um, it's a huge fairway. The green has, it, it's all bold in. Uh, the back pin especially, you know, you could do the, the fun kind of funnel pin, but you do need to have a, if you're going for it in two, you better not leave it in the wrong spot because you can't really get to that pin. And if you go for it in two, being up the left is better. It's one of the, one of the holes uh, where where width and angles uh, matters a lot on tour. You know, you you it does it does uh, help to be on the correct side of the fairway, whether it's your sec, uh, uh, whether it's your second or your third. Um, and I think that's fun. And it's also when you know when it is windy, it's just a I like holes that change a lot depending upon the weather. And I think that hole goes from like, oh my God, this is the easiest hole ever to geez, man. Like, you know, I, I need to play this hole really, really well to give myself a good birdie look. I mentioned I had Pebble. We don't need to talk about Pebble anymore. Uh, but every bone in my body was resisting picking Riviera. And so Max, I wonder if you could talk through your your thoughts on 10 at Riv. Uh, I, so I love Riv. Now, I, I get in this debate of whether I think it's a great hole or it's a great tournament hole, um, if that makes sense. I know that that's kind of like a small 
difference. But when we talk about this whole entertainment product, I think it's the most entertaining hole in the world. Uh, if you're going to put it all on TV, I don't love the actual hole. I actually don't think that laying up pretty much ever is the right play. Um, I don't think that, uh, uh, shout out to Scott Fawcett. I don't know if anyone's dispersion on their wedge. <laughs> Sorry, that made me laugh. I don't really know if anyone's dispersion on their wedge is quite small enough to play that thing four times in a row and lay up and hit that green four times in a row. So it's, it's one of the rare holes that I enjoy just smacking a three wood at a grove of trees and <laughs> just being like, wherever this goes, it goes. Hopefully we get lucky. Know? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's kind of the perfect chaos hole. So I love the hole. There's not one thing I would change about it. Um, but it didn't make my list just because I didn't, I don't know the way I, I was shaping my list. It wasn't, it didn't fit like how I was looking at them, but man, it, I mean, it, it's, it's, we want short par fours to be really like have a huge fluctuation in score. And I think that is, that is the best example. I, I'm glad to hear you say that. Cause I actually did pick number 10 at Riviera. Um, I think it could be a lot better. I think a, a green renovation of that, of that could just provide a lot more options. Cause I really don't think there are. Do you options. think they should like, lay flatten the left side more? I think it's the back right part that needs flattened. Okay. I think they've gotten so much sand out of that bunker over the years that just built up, built up that it doesn't, if the pin's back right, it's just like, to your point, laying back and trying to hit a wedge in from that angle looks extremely difficult and doesn't look like you took any of the risk out. So I, I, I think it's overrated in terms of there's so many ways you can play this and blah, blah, blah. It's <laughs> yeah, actually pretty it's much not, kind of yeah. one-ish way. Hope to hit it there and kind of get lucky because even as good as you guys are, you don't have that tight of dispersion around your three woods to be able to hit it in the right spot around the greens, you're kind of hoping to kind of get a little lucky. So yeah. I also think it's one of the holes that, that, that you need to, if you are at a position, it shows you who is like the mentally most, um, focus on the big picture because the play is if you're ever not left of the green you need to pitch it to the short left of the green like you literally need to miss the green with your second and you can see people who are like kind of obsessed with like the process as they say and i think that's cool or you can do like harold varner and lay it up to like 270 also, i never hey i never got sick. to see it so well max none of us <laughs> got to see it. <laughs> uh all right number 11 i had uh just two on the short list. The the par five at Sawgrass is fantastic, uh, but I, I went with uh, eleven at Monterey Peninsula. Probably the prettiest hole on tour. God, that is a that really par, cool. The par three. I don't know Monterey Peninsula well enough. It's, and just, it's never on TV. It's, it's more the tee shot that where you tee off is so sick. You're between these big old rocks. Yes, I I went with eleven at TPC, um, and that comes from playing it as hitting that approach shot, that second shot in is about as good of risk reward as you can handle i mean you have the world left if you want to bail and yeah first couple of times i played it i think i did that and i have never once had a shot over there <laughs> that i loved that it was worth it I, i'd rather lay up than hit it over there on the left so it now becomes like all right if you want to you know take on the water take on the bunker try to get one to stop near this green or on this green if you want but it's going to be difficult but you that's the only way to reap reward and going for it like the shot value in that second shot is just tremendous. And shout out to the the earlier part of our conversation. That didn't used to be short grass over there either. Yeah. It, it oh, used to be really? Like, that's a way. That's oh, a yeah. good. That's a good change then. It used to be just thick ass like gnarly Bermuda, and now it's it's all short grass over there, and it's just such an uncomfortable. Like, yeah, Siwoo chipped in over there this year. It was one of the coolest shots I've seen this whole season. He like bumped yeah. one four times through the uh, hill and and made a eagle or birdie. What's your number eleven? 
Uh, mine's 11 waste management, uh, TPC Scottsdale. Um, I'll lead off that. It's a really, really good hole on a, otherwise I like the golf course, but it's not like an outstanding golf course, but it, it's got good holes, but it's one of the few that is truly kind of like petrifying. Um, like as far as like the errors could be, you know, 15, if you hit in the water, for instance, you can drop and get on the green and three, no big deal. 17 you hit in the water, chip on the green, make a four, this hole, you hit in the left water and you have a five or six iron in again. Like it's very demanding, but the real reason I picked it is because <laughs> that's also the hub of where every single drunk person in America <laughs> is hanging out. And it's one of those holes. Like this year I had a chance to win. Um, two years ago, I was kind of coming down the stretch of trying to make the cut. And you're standing on that tee and there's water for anyone who hasn't been there. There's water all down the left and there's no rough that stops it. So it shout out to Sully. So it all just like runs straight into the water and uh, right is horrible. So I'm walking up to that tee and you know, you're nervous and you got these drunk guys who are all trying to get into 16 because 16 is just left of that tee. And you can also hear the, you have to time the roars from 16 or the booze <laughs> and, and you're trying to hit the hard, I think the hardest tee shot of the day and you also have these drunk guys i mean i had a drunk guy yell at me he's like hey there's water left and i'm like <laughs> yeah man you must be sharp you know like yeah there is water left uh so it's just one of those holes that ha it mixes in pretty much every aspect of professional golf it's got got some danger on both sides and you also have like just the insanely drunk college folk out there just telling <laughs> reminding you where not to hit the golf ball <laughs> can, I, can i tell a quick waste management story with some profanity in it uh, oh please and th the larger point i was going to make was at some point like the tournament is going to be affected by the fans and it's shocking that it, it hasn't been yet i think and that's not to say they should change anything about it i just it's kind of crazy fantasy that fantasy sport or it, golf gambling will yeah add to it this is crazy that that hasn't happened yet but I will never, ever forget being on, so you mentioned 17, Max. So you come, you know, if you're the player, you obviously everyone can picture 16. You go through the tunnel on the backside of the bleachers on 17, and you're just standing and waiting on that tee box because, you know, it's a drivable par four, and, and there's usually just a long wait there. And so, like you said, the the crowd kind of like swells up and down, and and when it's down, it's it's pretty quiet, right? Like it's a golf tournament. Like it's not, you know, there's no like, constant noise it, it, it does get quiet and it does get loud and so i remember the <laughs> being the year being there the year that bubba uh you know he mentioned something in the media like i'm only here basically because my sponsors want me to play this tournament <laughs> oh my god and everybody in the crowd read that and just like freaked out on bubba the whole <laughs> the whole week and he was playing like pretty good and he this was picked up on tv by he, the way <laughs> He finished 16, he goes out of the tunnel, he's standing there on 17T, and there's like a little bit of a rumble, you know, as as everybody's kind of shifting, and then as they're waiting, like the, the volume comes like down, 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 and then everybody's just standing there. And like five seconds after the volume kind of like, <laughs> like you know, bottoms out, this guy like just from point blank range, <laughs> like a sniper rifle from the top of the bleachers on 16, right down into Bubba, which is, I don't know, 50 feet away, like so close it was so hostile just goes fuck you bubba <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was the most awkward i've ever felt because there was no like big reaction or laugh it was just dead silent afterwards and it, it, was, it was so max i love i love 11 at uh at waste management great pick <laughs> i wish i knew him well enough to just walk up to your next time and be like hey 
Fuck you, Bubba. <laughs> it was it was unbelievable. But anyways, <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. Number twelve. Um, again, this is this, this would be pretty good. Four out of five run for Augusta, but I'm going to bypass that and go with its closest imitation. Yes, yes, yes. Deerfield Village. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah Solly. It's the best. That hole is so good. It is just a complete ball buster. You are at an elevated tee. There's always some wind factor. There is no room to miss anywhere. Um, the front bunker, correct me if I'm wrong, Max, is actually not a bad spot to be if you can risk you know, not hitting that mound and coming back into the water. Anything long left is on a down slope. If you're in the slope leading into the bunker, it's scary. If you got the bunker shot, you could pitch it into the water. It is just like I've, I love standing and watching guys play that hole because it – just general, genuine confusion with what to do, what kind of shot to hit, because you can't avoid the wind because you're up so high. I, I I just love watching that golf hole. It's the perfect righty hole, too, because long, uh, a righty's miss is long left and short right. Short right's water, long left and might as well be out of bounds. So it's just the perfect It's the perfect par three. I mean, it's, it's chaotic because of the wind. You can't feel it, but, I mean, I love that hole. I'll, I'll co-sign 12. I'll, we'll make that one unanimous. A couple other shout-outs. Another one for Austin Country Club, that mega downhill par five. Yeah, I thought where, about that one. Where the guys hit like the 450-yard <laughs> drives. That's yeah. fun. And speaking of which, I'll also I have to give another shout-out to, to Kapalua, the 12th hole, which is where uh, <laughs> Dustin. Dustin Johnson, and I want to give a shout-out to Brandel Chambly, where he listed his 10 favorite shots in the history of golf. <laughs> and he... <laughs> made Dustin's drive where he almost made a hole in one on the par four the number one best shot in the history in the history of golf better than like Sarazen's albatross better than like all kinds of things it was a list of 10 shots and number one was <laughs> random like tournament of champions Dustin Johnson's drive on 12 so that was fun 13 I want, I want you guys to lead off 13 because because mine okay. kind of comes from left field <laughs> 13 yeah I don't have I didn't have a great one I, I was so fixated on Augusta I think I really like the par three <laughs> at uh at sawgrass I think that's like everybody talks about 17 but 13 is is probably it's like a very a good better quote-unquote golf hole you know um I think Harbortown's cool too I, I like the the really short four I think it's like 360 but it's got a really weird green with that kind of wild railroad tie bunker and oh i had to play i had to play the weirdest shot i played in golf there i hit the railroad tie the, or i hit miss a green and rolled right up against a ra- railroad tie and i had to literally pitch a ball back into the bunker but like to a better angle this year and it felt super awkward yeah so that's what i love about that hole i think it keeps guys on their toes uh no i remember this year watching i think it was ricky had to hit you know when you're hugging like if you hug that left side there's some big overhanging trees that can come in and especially if, like if there's a left pin and Ricky had to hit like this weird, like hooked chip, like kind of like hooked wedge. Uh, it, it was just really, really cool. I think that's, that's a cool one. I went uh, back, back out West. Torrey Pines, par five, goes way down the hill, then comes back up. Tiger's Eagle mm. in 2008 from the back of the green. Look, it's like way too narrow and it's a proto, like a stereotypical Torrey hole that just should look probably different than it does. But I always love people watching people play that hole. I think that's a fun one. That's Max, a good go, I, I, go off the, the wall. You, you can get oh, oh off the wall. Okay, well I I know people have been expecting this. This is a pretty much. I I honestly can't believe you guys haven't mentioned it yet. But thirteen at Puerto Rico. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a Vino's alley. <laughs> Vino alley. Uh, it's just a really hard par four. I, if to anybody who, I, I, or not to anybody to all of you who have not been there before. Uh, there's water left, water right. Wind's always off the left. It's just like a nightmare tee shot. And then the second shot is just like a nightmare over water. I pretty much picked it because I needed to get Puerto Rico on. But if this were a mainstay 
golf course where like you saw it every week on TV or every year on TV and you tuned in to it, I guess it is on TV. If you actually tune into it, uh, this would be like a hole where you'd be like, damn, this is a badass hole. Uh, so I just had to throw it in there. I wanted to be a little off the wall there and, um, and, and just maybe pique some people's interest next time they're watching this would uh, be, the golf tournament. This would be fun to do with like, you can only pick one, uh, use a course once. Yeah, definitely. That interesting I tried my damnedest, but it was hard because I love Riviera. <laughs> can, you, can you start us on 14 at uh, Yeah, 14? 14 at the Honda. Oh, I guess I didn't do it at Honda either. 14 at Honda, uh, everyone talks about the bear trap. 14 is the hardest hole. Like it is uh, a really demanding tee shot. There's OB left. Um, which, which is significantly left, but it is over there. And the reason I bring that up is because there's the marsh right. And the second shot is really, really difficult. Um, you know, there's a really huge runoff low left of the green. There's one short of the green. And the green, the way it, it flows, it's high in the front and low in the back. So if you hit a cool kind of low cut for a righty, it'll run back to those pins. But if you were to actually take the pin on in the air, uh, you're more likely than not going to go into the water. I feel like it's a um, lost hole at the end. Uh, considering you know 15 through 18 get so much attention interesting that's a that's a really good one uh i went maybe a little off the wall but uh similar to yours i went with innisbrook where everybody you know everybody talks about the the snake pit or whatever the fuck it's called yeah uh 14's a really really good par five man just a really proper par five kind of like you know it's it's like number one innisbrook's a classy place it's a lot like number two or sorry number 11 at uh at sawgrass but without the exactly water also, R.I.P. that guy that Justin killed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> may he may he lay in rest or rest in peace. Uh, I'm only including this next one because of the twist that came at the uh, at the workday, which was moving up the tee. Shout out the workday, uh, yeah. Uh, moving up the tee on 14 at Muirfield Village. I've always thought that hole is overrated. Just as as a back tee, it's like the easiest decision just to hit an iron right to the same spot, and then like. You still take on. You got to decide how much risk to take on with the wedge, especially the back pins. And like you were saying, Max, a long left miss and a short right miss are both disaster on that hole. But uh, you know, moving it up and encouraging some guys to try to drive it, yet making it very sensible to hit a layup and an easy wedge in was a really, really fun hole to watch this year. So yeah, 14. I like that one. Not to mention being on the left side of that fairway actually does matter. So you have to bring in the water. Okay, I, I, it, they don't highlight that well enough, but that's no, that's, no, they don't. But I, I don't love that hole from the back tee, but I do yeah. like your pick because I do think that it does kind of matter. The the tee shot isn't just a four iron; like it, you does kind of matter. But you have to have the stones to take it on. But the up tee is makes it a perfect hole because then you can lay up like Justin did this year, or you can do what Colin does all the time and just hit a really perfect drive like right at the pin. But is it for a front pin, would you want to be further right on that one? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was just okay. thinking you referenced back pin. Sorry. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, you're I, right. I, okay. The f- yeah. part of the fairway does matter. And you yeah. have to be in the fairway. That's the other thing. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. I have 15. My fi- whole 15. I just wrote Travelers, LOL. So um, you can take it away, Sully. <laughs> I wrote Travelers as well. Like so that's serious? I do dead like serious. that hole. I do too. Dead serious, it's not I a like bad that. hole. It's not bad. I, I would point, also listen Sully, to that it. It's not, you would never lay up. I get your point. But like... I don't care because I want to our entire basic beginning of this podcast about runoffs and how golf is too easy. You're now giving me a hole that is not going to be considered too difficult because it's a par four. It's not a par three, but you're going to get a ton of shots from low areas with fairway. So you're like, it's forcing the, the, the coverage to show these interesting golf shots. It's forcing the pros to show imagination and skill. Like that's why I love it. It's not because it's 
the most thought-provoking par four, short par four in the world, but it does it does make you hit these like bump bump and run shots. Like I had a I had a bunker shot this year where I had to literally like try to land it into the collar to stop it, and it's just like you don't get that. You, typically, you would you would just either fly it on and try to spin it, or I would just dump it short, knowing that it would be rough and I could just get up and down. So if you don't like travelers, I would also submit Augusta National. Okay, well, that's fine. I don't dislike the hole. My point was just like that strip of rough shouldn't be there because if you go left of it, ball should go in that water. Totally agree. It's my thing. And it doesn't change your decision-making off the tee. So I do. To, to be to fair, your... I cannot believe that that doesn't, after all the arguing, does the ball. Because I've been there enough times, man. That ball always goes in the water. I don't think I've ever seen one stay up. And of course, like. 25 minutes or an hour after we talked about this, I see a ball plug <laughs> into the rough. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just go fuck myself. It's like the way Instagram ads show up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, um, uh, I, I think you kind of dissed this hole a little bit earlier, um, in, in a, in a passing way, but the, the hole I thought of was waste management. I think that the is five. the par five, yeah. somewhat Island green. Do, is that a great golf hole? I would not say so, watch. but it is a dividing, like there, there's some variance in that hole. There's like, a lot of guys coming down the stretch who need to hit a good shot and don't. Yes, or or do right. Yeah. Like it's a it's a good like deciding yes. deciding golf shot. For my diss on it, my diss on it wasn't so much that I don't think it's a great hole. Um, my diss on it more was that <laughs> eleven you, is actually <laughs> is that Sorry. eleven is actually like a hard hole. Like I don't yeah, think fifteen yeah. would be considered a hard hole, but I, I like it you. because. I, I we talked about this a, a while ago, um, but when Ricky uh, laid up on that hole back in the day and, and didn't win, even though he had you know was one back, I like that. Uh, you need a good number, like you need a good club and number oh, to hit yeah. that second shot. So I feel like people didn't understand that. Like, hey, it's not that I don't have this shot, but like this club doesn't fit this shot at all. And um, you know, Joe and I did it this year. Uh, we, we screwed up. We we went for the, the green and two. We were, I think we were two or three back. We thought we needed, an, well, we did need an eagle. I hit a three iron and, and overswung at it, pull it long left, hit in the water. I got up and down for par. Again, that's kind of my point to how it's not an insanely difficult hole, but it it was a lot of thinking on that second shot. And I think that that's a great choice because I think it's a, uh, again, it's a, it's a high variance. You could get you can make the hole look really easy and you can make the hole look kind of, you, you can make yourself look kind of dumb. Yep. Uh, 16. This was the easiest, one of the easiest ones I had. I, I really? didn't even, I didn't think about any other hole. Then maybe, so maybe I'm forgetting something. This might be blind shot. TPC sawgrass. That hole is so freaking good. Again, oh, risk reward. Is is it is, you can bail left if you want. There's not very many fun chips from that left side. There's so much value in, selecting the right line off the tee, actually getting it in the fairway, trying to get get on that green from the, even the right rough is extremely difficult. There's a tree that overhangs. It's one of my favorite holes to play. It's my favorite hole to play on that golf course, and it's I love watching guys play that on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I definitely had, I like that, that, had that on my list as well. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that 16. I mean, I, there's so many good 16s, or I guess maybe like famous 16s is a, is a better way to put it. I think that's my longest like list that I have on here because you have I didn't Augusta, think about anything obviously. so go yeah, you have well, Scottsdale yeah. obviously uh, Scottsdale's not I I just mean it I know it, hey as someone who lives here and practices that course it might be the worst hole <laughs> a crowd it's so bad but it, when the crowd's there it's like the coolest sure. hole I feel like uh, uh, 16 at PJ West is you gotta give it a look because of the laughable ooh, I didn't bunker. think about that that's a good one yeah um, And but you know what I'm gonna go back to my my class acts I think 16 at Innisbrook's really good 16 good. at Innisbrook is really good. Um, I had that as a thought. The only reason I don't love it 
is because I don't think that the green has like a ton of character. Um, yeah. So that's if fair. you do happen to hit the, it just feels like a very, um, a very one one sided hole. Like if you hit the fairway, you're good. If you miss the fairway, you're dead. Yeah. That's, that's to me point. how it feels. Now it's a cool hole where it fits in the tournament, but uh, the the the, I mean the actual golf coursey part of it. If you just took it away and put it on like number four, I don't know if you would you would make it one of the better holes on the course. What'd you go with for 16? Uh, 16 Riv, short par three, perfect short par three. I think as we talked about Sawgrass, I think it's what 17 at TPC Sawgrass uh, is with without you know water. Um, it's it's deep bunkers. It gives you very small areas to hit. It's a little bit longer. Wind's always in coming off the ocean. Um, it's quite difficult to hit the ball close. And anytime you miss the green, you're pretty much screwed. Uh, I love that. Um, I just think it fits perfectly with the golf course as far as, uh, you know, you play these, the back nine at Riv, Riviera, you know, full disclosure is my favorite golf course in the world, but you play the back nine at Riv and um, you play some of the most amazing long par fours you'll ever play. 12, 13, 15, 18 are just unbelievable long par fours. And the two, uh, holes that stand out to me on that on that back nine are 10 which is a 310 yard par four and 16 which is 160 yard par three so i think that's just like the coolest part about riviere is that you play these amazing long par fours yet you are enamored by the short holes on that side i want to give a shout out to honda too honda 16th is really cool oh god (laughs) so hard that hole sucks (laughs) (laughs) again this is not for me to to play this is for me to watch you play i mean like to play it it sucks (laughs) um of course what do you guys got for 17 a cursory look for augusta for number 16 of course Uh, listen of course course. 17 a complete no-brainer for me as well do you want to go the i I love the last one well this is just uh, if i'm building and owning and operating the golf course and taking the revenue, I'm I'm picking 17 at TPC Sawgrass. Okay, of course. Uh, it's I mean, let's not be too cool for school here. It's it's the most fun hole probably to watch pros play all year, right? Like especially if the wind gets up. I, I should just say, say you need a little bit of wind. Totally. Every time I've been, it's been so easy. And honestly, every time I've played it, it's like not comically easy, but like you have to screw up very badly to hit in the water. Definitely, I I, I agree. But yeah. it. It's also the most famous hole in golf, probably. So there's that. Uh, I like Scottsdale, man. Uh, no That's brainer, Scottsdale. Yeah. No yeah. brainer. That's one of the best drivable fours on, in golf, in tournament golf at, prof- at the professional level. I think you take the tournament away, and it's still an awesome hole. Yes. I think that's what's a sign of like a really cool – as far as PGA Tour golf goes, that's a sign of a pretty cool hole. 18. 18, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of options. Man, there were a lot. It did show me, as Solly mentioned earlier, like it gave me more appreciation for the golf courses we play because there's a lot of good last holes. You want to rattle some off? What What do you have on your list? I had a few on my list, but I, I landed on you know Quail Hollow. I don't know if you guys know, but I won there. <laughs> Such a gimmick hole. It's a tremendous hole as far as you know. It might not be the most fair hole, but. It's one of those, we talk about chaos, we talk about being entertained, literally anything can happen on that last hole. Um, on that tee, you could mess it up left. Even if you miss it left of the water, you are almost more screwed than being in the water. You miss it right, you have no shot. It demands precision and it demands um, you know, uh, controlling of the nerve, uh, as I did. I don't know if you guys know, but I won there. Um, <laughs> But I just think it's a really, really cool hole. It also has a great setting for fans. Like it's got the stadium or the the yeah the stadium seating uh, type type uh, look. And I just I, I think that it's a 
you know, I think the obvious answer is 18 at Pebble. I think this one is, um, is kind of underrated, uh, as far as all of it combined, you know, where it lays in the tournament, how hard it is, uh, and then the fan aspect, I think it all just kind of blends really nicely. How about how about the fact that you, Ricky, and Rory all all got their first wins on that green? And AK, shout out to and AK, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. And how about that? Uh, Derek Ernst, and that's Derek right. Ernst, yeah, respect. Yeah. I feel like I'm what supposed to say. Got? I feel like I'm supposed to say Pebble. Pebbles on the listen. Pebbles on the You're list. You're supposed to say Pebble. That's of fair, course. Yeah. But honestly, watching tournament golf, I have had more fun watching the 18th at Kapalua. That's what I had too. Yeah. Oh, I thought about that, but I played it when it was so soft this year. It pissed yeah, me yeah. off. I didn't get to run a single shot up. Like you had to literally fly the ball like one foot from the front, and I it stinks because it's such a cool hole. Yet it just wasn't. It had no. It had no fun part to it. Like it just hit it here, hit it there, it'll stick, and then hit like an like you have to then kind of ball out to hit a great wedge. I mean, it it looks so fun on TV. So I like that pick, but I was so jaded. I feel like we also got to shout out uh, Sawgrass, of course. Yes. Honda, of course. Hey, Honda's sneaky great. Zurich, 18. Zurich, Zurich. Yeah, that's of a course. very good hole. The, Riviera, of course. Yeah. Gosh. And John, John Deere, of course. Especially the fans behind the 18th are the classiest at uh, at, at Riviera. Like yeah, rolling when down that the hills. Fucking lady yelled gooch at me while I was mid stroke <laughs> to get second place, cost me five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> God. We could split the Elijah Craig ad read with you if you want. <laughs> I need to now. All right, so here's a question. What's your guys' favorite course? Uh, we got a lot of the same ones, but do you guys have a favorite course on tour? Like, whether it's to watch or if you've ever played. I mean, it's got to be Riviera, you know, just from, like, the aggregate of amount of times we set it, but I think Sawgrass is, like, sneaking up on it Sawgrass gets a lot of votes. I, I, so if you're going I think straight Pebble by... I the most votes. I was going to say, if you go by my first place votes, it's going to be Pebble. But like the amount of times Riv would have fallen out second to yeah. so many yeah, holes to me, sure. Riv it might have won out. Um, I, I again, I just feel like six, seven, eight, nine. Like you just, it takes so much to overcome them that uh, I don't know. It's a lot of pebble, but I agree. Sawgrass was the one. Like I wanted to do number six at Sawgrass because I think yeah. that's a great hole. I mean, going up against Pebble, you're just washed out there. <laughs> but if that was like number thirteen or something like that, I might have, I might have picked that. Um, so I. I I think there's a lot to to TPC Sawgrass. Muirfield Village was a weird one to go hole by hole individually and be like, yeah, kind of. I wanted to put eight. I wanted to put eight on my list. Yeah, but eight, you got to scrape at, a couple eight at together. Eight my favorite, but it's eight, not eight, as, at, eight yeah. at Muirfield is awesome. I thought. But I should have put. The rest is kind of. I, I should have put they sixteen at out. Muirfield. I should have put sixteen at Muirfield on it just because I like watching pros try to play it. God, that's such a. They need to fix that. <laughs> they are fixing that one. Thankfully, jeez Louise, a green is like legitimately like no hyperbole. It's it's at least three times firmer than any other hole you play out there. We got to wrap this, Max. We kept you for a damn long time, but uh, almost two hours. Though. I did not expect this. I thought we were going to scrape together an episode today. Punta Cana recap. Yeah, two hours. The Shout out to one. Hudson Swafford. Who won Shout out to Hudson Swafford. And point. to you, Max. Thanks for doing this. I know you do hey, hours guys, of podcasting every week, and uh, we listen and enjoy it and keep harassing Tron. You guys Randy. know what this means, right? What's that? You guys got to come on mine now. <laughs> oh, wait. Begging for the invite. <laughs> Can we do the... Oh, I, we do have to wrap this very shortly. We want to give a quick shout out in our pro shop. There's a huge, I believe, the, the merch drop of the decade. Yeah, Tron said it could be <laughs> the biggest sweepstakes in the history of the pro shop. A lot of this stuff is going up. 
uh, tomorrow, Monday, Monday. Uh, at... I believe 1 p.m. Okay. Let me confirm that. While you do that, Max, we at least need a, a, some, a bit of public discourse on the match, which we've yeah. been scheduling since confident. before COVID hit. Let, uh, me, let me do the merch stuff because people are going to drop after they hear the match stuff. Uh, <laughs> what, 1 p.m. It all drops. This is a note from Tron. This is word for word from, from Tron. It, we call him the, the Rasputin of, of, uh, to, to Neil's merch czar. Uh, we stuck with classic timeless colors for this season. Gray, white polos are in fuego. It'll go under the radar, but the Pierce sweatshirts are the softest things in my closet. Tron is not prone to hyperbole, so that's a good one. Uh, the vests are pricey, but really strong and versatile. We have a midweight insulated vest, a heavier insulated vest, and a shell vest. Hats and visors are fully stocked. Belts, dog collars. About the, I sound like Stefan wow. just rattling stuff off. <laughs> this place uh, has this pers- everything. This shop has everything. Belts, dog collars, towels, including the black club towels, uh, our fully stocked H&B collection launches after lunch East Coast time tomorrow or today when you're probably listening to this. Sweet. Um, well, Max, we were talking before COVID hit that we were going to do us five no laying up guys against you and Max or you and Shane uh, in a scramble. Us five in a scramble, you and, you and Shane in a scramble. Uh, and you've been talking a lot of shit about how you're going to beat us, but I just wanted to publicly acknowledge that you would have no chance. Uh, uh, no chance. Okay. I think that uh, I beat you guys by myself that day. We all played at Old uh, old Marsh, Old Total, Palm. Uh, uh, first of all, I, I wasn't there. Marsh Landing. So I resent that. You need to understand. You're lucky, Deech. <laughs> the value of a scramble, especially five people playing in a scramble. That's the, Yeah, you beat me by 16 shots. Gross, what? but like that's not how it's going to work in a scramble. But I okay, know you guys I, get to scramble. I, I, I understand. Um, in the it, since since we started this debate, one of your players has literally switched hands <laughs> in how he plays the game. I still think um, he would win. I am you, more you haven't seen nervous. Neil, though. I, I know. I am more nervous though of Randy. I've never seen him play this well, uh, so he does scare me a bit. Neil, you haven't Neil, seen Neil's second serve drive. It's like it's game over, dude. It's mm, he's figured it out. It's here's here's the thing. Else. I love Neil. I, I I want the best for Neil. Neil under the lights will never scare me. Oh I'm sorry. God. That one doesn't get to me. I'm scared of his potential. I don't buy that it will show up. That's more my take. Uh, DJ, um, I love you too, man. But you know, you're just you're Go you're on. you're uh, you're just kind of our our you're you're our our Puerto Rico as far as the PJ Tour tournament lays out. There's not I'm, a lot. I'm not like I don't. Do I think that you're bad? No. Do I think that you're really really good? Not really. Am I scared of any general specific aspect of what you're doing? Not a lot. Solly, you're obviously the most polished. You've won. I don't know. I thought there was dozen, gonna be a butt on the end of mine. A dozen tourists. I mean, your accolades speak for themselves. Won. Oh, man. It just feels like a dozen. Um, all right. Well, then that's even worse. You couldn't even win multiple against this guy. So I'm feeling I even better. I beat his ass last time, this. actually. No, I don't know. I think, it would, I think it would be a good match. I mean, of course, the, the scramble is is when you have five guys, it, it's difficult. Um, I like to uh, talk shit just because it's really fun to do so. Um, I think it would be difficult. I don't think that it's crazy to think that we would win. Uh, no. I think that if, if, if we were, if, if I was going to analyze how it would go, you guys would have a better chance of blowing us out than we would. But I also know what we're getting on our side. I think that's why I, I talk trash. I know, I know what we're going to give you. Um, I think you guys are definitely more of the wild card. It would be like playing, you know, Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Like 
Baker could go bananas and make you look silly, or he could be, you know, some of the Baker we've seen, and you're like, wow, how are you know, this isn't nearly the the fight we expected. So that's more how I look at it. I know what I'm bringing. Uh, it's yeah. a little different uh, on y'all uh, on your end. So that that's <laughs> more my take. If it was any combination, like any three, like legit any three of us, at least if you include one, me or Neil and any two other guys, I would say, like in a scramble versus just you you would be have your work cut out for you. Yeah, no doubt. That, if Neil scramble, drives it yeah. decent, I'm screwed. Well, just you and Bacon in a scramble is a... There's some firepower shoot, there. Yeah, you're going to shoot low, low 60s, if not below that. So yeah, uh, we got to do it. We, we, we think do we would shoot... If On a really good day, I think we would shoot in a scramble like 12 on a good day. I think yeah. you guys could definitely beat that. Um, and you guys could drum it with five guys, but I just think that like, I know our variance would be a little bit smaller. So I think that we would kind of be the guy posting a number and you guys have to go get it. Uh, I think we're just going to keep, we're just going to keep kicking the can down the road until they roll back the ball. (laughs) (laughs) That might play more into our hands. No, Bacon's just going to overpower everything. Yeah, We're not doing that shit. I, I ba- Bacon is, is a better Neil, though. <laughs> oh, I know. For sure. That's yeah. why we're not we're not playing that game. <laughs> we're playing proper golf. We'll, we'll play with a rolled proper. back ball, but we'll, we'll play anywhere. We do got to wrap up. I'll play if Tron has seven lefty, seven righty clubs. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hit some SD card issues here very shortly if we don't cut this, man. So thank you for joining. This was an absolute blast. We'll have to do uh, maybe some more of these in this offseason or something like that. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. I really do. I miss you guys. I can't wait till COVID's over and we could have the pizza pizza party I've been promised. Oh, those, those will be the days. Amen. See you, man. All right, brother. See you, boys. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect